This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is absolutely exhausted. Uh, 63 matches and an unbelievable amount of glorious unpredictability off the pitch, with far too much predictability on the pitch, and it's finally all over. Chelsea drew the curtains over the 2021-22 season with a 2-1 win over already relegated Watford, Of course, Chelsea made them look like world beaters and in some respects, a 1-1 draw would have been a more fitting end given the number of draws that has crippled Chelsea's season. At least Todd Bowley has broken his Chelsea duck and me too for that matter, with Chelsea managing their first win since I've been back at Stamford Bridge. There was a distinctly end-of-term feel to the day inside and outside of Stamford Bridge uh, frankly, frankly, we've all had enough of this season, which has seen COVID, injuries, woeful finishing and government sanctions scupper our plans for world domination. As ever, it was in the pubs that we were reminded why it is we love this club so much and continue to go week in, week out. Sunday was no exception and I was lucky enough to spend time with Tim Rolls and Cliff Auger for a Sunday roast. Marco, DJ, Brian from Exposed Designs, Mr. X, Chuckles, Steve Burton, Neil, Spy, Barnett, Paul McAvoy, Diane and Jason Gibbons at the CFC UK stall. Martin, Dan, Tony, JK, Clayton, Joe, Rick and Ollie Glanville, Pablo and Loz from The Beautiful Game, Ange, my Southampton away saviour, Rob Barrett and John McCarthy, Peter the History website man, Walker the banner designer extraordinaire, Pete, the Oxford drinking machine, Nathan from the Chelsea Grave Society, Sam, Dom from the Chelsea Supporters Trust, Kunal, Tim, Alan and Richard Schaller in the cock before and after, and John, Johnny and Paul Hay in the Matthew Harding upper during the match. It's really, well, it's kind of what it's really all about. And it reminded me just how privileged we are. Without Chelsea as the backdrop, there would be none of this. And let us not forget, without Chelsea... 
There would have been no delight at winning the UEFA Super Cup and FIFA Club World Cup this season or coming up desperately short by the tiniest of margins against Liverpool in the League and FA Cup finals. But everything on the pitch this season was dwarfed by the very real threat that days like Sunday would be consigned to the dustbin of history. It makes you appreciate what you have, that's for sure. And before I forget, I'd just like to say thank you to everyone who has come up and said hello to us in the pubs or the grounds this season, bought us a pint, had a chat or had a photo with us. It's truly, truly humbling. After all, we, we so don't deserve it. But it's genuinely been great to meet you all this season. Long may it continue. And the name of this show is Pub One Chelsea Nil. Chelsea Fancast number 903. And to share it with me as ever, the last kind of kind of reviewish type show, I suppose we should call it, of the season. It's the absolutely lovely Jonathan Kidd. Oh, I'm exhausted, Chish. It's, yeah. all, been, it's all been too much for me. It all is, the mate. Emotion, the emotion, the, the whizzing about, the... Um, I foolishly, I spread myself too thinly at the end of the day. Mm. I came in and saw you, and I then saw some people I go away with at the Hollywood Arms, and they said, oh, we were about to go. And then I got onto my bicycle to discover, I was off to the Atlas to see some people I sit with, and uh, I had a flat tire. And so uh, I walked all the way home. I walked the several miles home with the bike. So I was even more exhausted. I was exhausted physically as well as emotionally. But um, um, what a peculiar game this was, wasn't it? Yeah. Absolutely who, bizarre. Who, who we got? I mean, actually, do you know what? You're, just to just pick you up on something there, you're right. You know, this season, it's, it's the emotional uh, toll that it makes you exhausted. Do you think you and I are going to make it through the show tonight? Well, if I, I I've already been working on something this afternoon, and I I, I nodded off. So um, you know, uh, you know, well, I actually fell asleep during the game, nearly in the first half. You know, I, I, I told you that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, you and me both. It was the second half. I was just you know lying back. It hadn't been for the uh, for the, um, the the people saying, "Oh, City have scored." Oh no, they haven't. Oh no, no, what is it? Oh no, well, no, uh, Liverpool have scored. Oh no, they haven't. Oh no, but if it hadn't been for that, uh, I think I would have fallen asleep. But yes, we have, uh, as always, as always, the um, the uh, the percussive, the 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 interesting, the always knowledgeable, the um, uh, face of the, the supporters' trust, mate. I was going to say base of the spine of the supporters' mm. trust itself. It is the effervescent. The I don't mean that is in pheasant. I mean effervescent. <laughs> I do apologise. Ugly. Yeah, the other bubbly, indeed. The bubbly, the bubbly, the, the fizzy. Bubbly the is a pint of neck oil. Yeah. Uh, uh, ne I've never heard of that. Neck oil, yeah. what's that? It's a very, very nice uh, brew it's from Beamtown Brewery. It's, it's a brew. As you can hear, everybody, it's Mr. Dan Strowman! Good to be here. Equally as exhausted, equally as relieved. This has been the longest season ever. Glad it's all bloody over. Ten weeks before pre-season training we we go again. We go again. Yeah, it's good to see you, Dan. Really good yeah. to see you yesterday as well. And I thought I sh I'm going to share this with the nation because I, some things just need to be said. But Dan told me this in in the cock yesterday. But you know what he did uh, the minute he walked into the pub because Dan's nearly a always in there first, always always orders a table without without Dan organising our drinking and pre and post matches. We'd be stuffed, largely because we're lazy Herberts who turn up late. Dan is always, he always organises it, and I love him for that. But actually, this is even better. He bought the entire bar staff a drink yesterday to say thank you for looking after us this year. What a superb bloke you are, mate. Oh, lovely. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's always just really nice. They've been amazing. They've always got us tables. They've always yeah. looked after us, and, you know, they're really grateful. So 
I sent him a nice email as well, just saying <laughs> thank you for everything. We'll see him in August. There we go. You're a good lad, mate. And uh, who else we've got on the show, JK? Well, it is our link with America. Mm. It is our with uh, went to Moa Meadow, our link with the women's team, our, our link with, with youth. It is the the equally effervescent or effervescent, effervescent. <laughs> <laughs> the equally foul. No, that's unfair. <laughs> 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 rather lovely, Dane Whittle. Mm. Hey, Dane! Whoa! You're right, Dane? Yeah, not bad. How are you guys? I'm all right, mate. Uh, I haven't seen you for a while. Where have you been? Yeah, no, I, 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 I've been frequenting the Rose and Harwood Terrace recently. You know, uh, you know the Fulham Tup legless lad I've known in previous years. So I was, I had, I had to see a couple of people down there. So I couldn't make it down to the cock, which I'm glad I didn't because I am very generous. Because you'd have I'm, seen us. Well, I would have seen <laughs> you, but I'm very generous when I've had a drink. So with Dan, knows <laughs> what I would have bloody done. Mate, I know we've both been on. We've been on the receiving end of that more than once. You were a very naughty boy, but le- very lovely with it. Uh, it's really good to see you, mate, because it's been a, been a while since we've seen you. Always nice to see you. Uh, we've got a packed show, of course, as ever. It is the last uh, match of the season, uh, not the last show of the season, but the last show of this type of the season. Um, and on it, in part one, we uh, discuss Tuchel's odd team selection and subs. Uh, a great goal by Havertz. Uh, a poor one to concede, thanks to Sars ball watching and Barkley's bizarre winner. Oh, and uh, Chilwell making a cameo appearance. In part two, we discuss the end of term feeling before, during, and after. The end of an era, the end of Mike Dean, the end of Roy Hodgson, and the end of Rudiger, and ask who else? Uh, we'll also discuss Mason Mount's Chelsea player of the season, the amazing, the amazing We Are the Shed banner. Uh, look at some player stats for the season. Oh, and Todd Bowley and his crew were in the house making a cameo appearance too. And in part three, we have some cracking emails to read out. We've got a question from Discord, and I almost feel like a drum roll coming along, and the final table for our Prim Predictions League. Yes. So, as ever, don't forget you can listen to this show live. Live. Every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you lovely people do. Uh, and, of course, any other time, well, actually, any time you like, really, uh, we are at Chelsea fancast on all of the socials, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, of course. So always feel free to pop us a line. Uh, and let us know what you think about anything Chelsea related or anything at all, really. We're not fussy. Anyway, we'll be back in a minute. Uh, here we go for the last time this season. Uh, JK, ugh, I mean, you said it. I mean, uh, by the way, mate, uh, a completely glorious, glorious fan bite. Um, I mean, in fact, actually, you know, may, I, I sh- we should give you your. I mean, I, you know, I, I felt a lot of love in the house yesterday, period, for, for what we do, you know, Chelsea fancast, us. It was, 
It was joyful. Phenomenal tweets. Jim. Yeah, but you phenomenal, you surpassed phenomenal. it all, mate. With two, there was what there was an example on Twitter. I'm sure you'll know which one I'm uh, thinking of. And uh, of course, what happened to you in in uh, in uh, Aussies? Well, it wasn't in Aussies. It was in the executive oh. club. A mate of mine had asked me right. to. Who I used to play Sunday football with. Said, did I want to go and watch the game uh, with him and his? Uh, He's, he's got his his brother is a um, a reinsurance mogul and has four seats and gives them to his quite successful brother. But the brother he doesn't appear to go very often. So the brother takes his family and he had a spare and he asked me to go along. And um, he calls me John and I have to say to him, you mustn't call me John. He said, I can't, I can't, I have to call you John. He said, we played football. I never called you Jonathan. Jonathan, I can never call you Jonathan. Jonathan isn't a football name, is it? Jonathan, Jonathan, you can't do it. You have to go, John, 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 John. I said, yes, all right, I get it, I understand. So uh, he calls me that. But he, um, at the end of the game, I wanted to go back to Aussies just to say goodbye to a few people in there, even though I was in the exec club. And I said, I'm going to leave now. And as I was leaving the exec, the chap on the end said, um, uh, you're Jonathan Kidd, aren't you? And, um, and I, said, uh, I said, yes. He said, well, sir, I really, I really like your, uh, what you do, those fan bites very much indeed. He said, you're very fair. And it's a very fair assessment. And you, you're, uh, and it's funny, and I really enjoy it. I said, oh, what's your name? He said, Tony. He said, Tony Mount. He said, I'm Mason's father. And I went, oh, 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 thank, oh, thank, thank you very much indeed, sir. I mean, uh, Mr. Mount, I mean, uh, thank you. And, uh, and I said, well, congrats. Congrats on your son winning Player of the Year. He must be very proud. I said, and I, I love him because he, I said, I've been supporting the team for so long, and he fulfills on a, on a basic level, he never stops trying, which is just exactly what you love as a fan. But also, he's immensely skilled and has the potential to become one of the, uh, one of the great Chelsea players. I think we should all agree with that. And he said, um, uh, he, he, he said he, he loves Tuchel. He said he loves him. And he's, he, all he wants is to be managed by Tuchel. He thinks he's absolutely brilliant. And he said he, he locks horns with him occasionally. He said he admits it. They have words. But he said he, he, they, they, they all think he's absolutely phenomenal, which is a very nice piece of information from, from him to impart. I mean, it makes sense that that be the case. And, uh, you know, he's looking forward to taking the club as far as he possibly can. But he said, I said, thank you so much. And thank you for, 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 for liking the fan bite so much. He said, no, it's, it's, uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. And I, off I went with my, my tail um, waggling firmly behind me. So it was really rather alarming. Amazing. Indeed. So, That's great. Then, on Twitter today, Omid Jalajis. This, this, what he put, this is good or something. And I went, no, he said, this know, is like, great. This is fantastic. That's right. This is something I went, oh. To myself, oh, I just wrote back, thanks very much, Omid. And then he followed me. No. Oh, oh, <laughs> Didn't bloody follow the fan cast. And I was, I, I, I'm sure I uh, tweeted. I'll hint that way. I'll push him that I, way. I'm yeah. sure I tweeted that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Be... Nice be... But you know, the, what I love about this is that I only did it because I wanted to get more followers for the fan cast. That was the reason for doing the fan Well, line. you know what? We were, we were talking, uh, me and, because, you know, I saw Clayton in the pub. Once uh, again, thank you, Dan, for the name. I have to give Dan yeah. great cue coming up with a name yeah dan came up with a name um you know i mean clayton and i were talking about this because clayton was in the pub afterwards yesterday and uh we were talking about it because we were based because i think it was just after you'd been in and you told me about the tony mount thing and i and i just said isn't it fantastic that jonathan's getting so much love for it you know he gets so much love on twitter every week now he's got tony mount saying he's he's brilliant all this i just said it's absolutely brilliant you know because i always kind of get the feeling that uh, you need you, you you do you know you need you need your own little thing you know we've said it for years and you finally found it and Clayton absolutely spot and said yeah and he said the beautiful thing about it is he was trying to do it for all of us 
you know, you wanted all of us to be on there. And we were laughing our head off and saying, we all turned around and said, we're completely shit compared to you. You have to do this on your own because we, we just ruin it, you know, and you're brilliant at it. And, and it's turned out into this massive thing. It's absolutely, we're all absolutely completely chuffed. It's brilliant. Well, thank you so much. That's really good. But next year, I'd like you all to have a go, if that's okay. Fuck right off. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> fucking way. No, because, mate, just give it up now. You, you can't beat that. He's too good, mate. I know. You, you'd have no. to be very drunk. Uh, it's involved, the bar's it's very involved, high. It's evolved nicely because it's become all about finding, you know, other words to call bad players. As yeah, well. that's brilliant. You, you've yeah. done very well. Now, I'm, I'm conscious that there are two other people on this show. Have a, however, sorry. Have, sorry. no, 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 my fault. Having hijacked it with wanting you to tell the world about you met Tony Mason, uh, uh, Tony Mount, uh-huh. Mason's dad, which you told me in the pub. No, I, it was a nice bit of information, yeah. information about him loving Tuchel. I, well, you didn't tell me that. I didn't know that. No, I didn't. I forgot to tell you that. Absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, talking of Tommy Tuchel, um, yeah, we, we the, the team selection was distinctly odd, J.K., wasn't it? I mean, if you see a team sheet with, uh, you know, um, Saul and even more to the point Kennedy on it, you know it's quite odd, right? But we did prophesy the possibility of Saul playing, didn't we? I we think I did, yeah, yeah. You know, he might do that. But Kennedy was completely off the radar, wasn't it? We never ever thought that he would appear. And he, he didn't play badly for the first 20 minutes. He was full of great trickery. And he's obviously just a winger. He, he can't defend at all. I mean, it's, it's and it immediately, though, my immediate reaction was Alonso's off. That was my immediate Well, he's reaction. got a back injury, actually. Uh... Do you know, shall I read you what I, I, I did in the notes? Because I actually think that Adam does such a fine job uh, covering it, but also... Um, I I just think they're really interesting. I I love I love Tuchel's press conferences because he's so honest, and he's always worth yeah. reading. And he's like, he says Marco Alonso he had a back problem in our first match against West Ham, where he needed to go out, and then he missed some matches and had more or less the same in the last games. But he played with this pain through the match against Leicester. But he felt the muscle contraction go through to the hamstrings, and it's why it made no sense to take the risk on him. So. Oh, well, few, because I'm, I've am i become immensely fond of Marcus Alonso and I hope he's playing next season. Indeed. So, yeah, it was a it was a, a weird old team. I mean, you know, Dan, we kind of expected it really. I mean, there was, if, this, if there was a definition of a dead rubber, then this was it, wasn't it? I mean, it's absolutely a pity of a dead rubber. I mean, you know, so much other people more concerned with City winning the title than the actual match. Yeah, just pff, one of those games. It kind of, you know, almost like Chelsea's season in a nutshell, wasn't it? A lot of possession, a lot of this, a lot of that, but just no, you know, all farts, no shit, basically. Yeah, it was yeah. indeed. I'm just looking at the, at the. we had 19 goal attempts, uh, eight on target. Uh, and, I mean, Watford actually, you know, they, they had a bit of a go, really. They had eight goal attempts, but, yeah, 72%. Well, I, thought, I yeah. thought they played quite well, didn't you think? Well, I did, really. I mean, I, that's always the danger, isn't it, with relegated sides, that they, they just play with a freedom that they haven't been able to recently, and they end up looking a lot... A lot better than they that they haven't. Here's a good question for you, Dane. Um, I thought it was a really—I mean, funny—we just slagging Kennedy off, but I thought it was a good assist actually by him, and a really good goal by Havertz. Proper striker's goal, I thought. But the the thing that occurred to me—he also had another ex three, at least three excellent chances. Arguably, should have scored one or two of them. One of them hit the bar, but unlucky. But it kind of made me think. I mean, you know. You know, do we expect too much of him, or has it has it been a bit has this season been a bit disappointing? I'm not quite sure where I stand on it really, because I love Havertz, but I just wonder. Yeah, it's it, it's a hard one. It's 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 trying to find that that position that 
that would suit him and suit us. And then they stick with, you know, we, I think we can expect more. We've definitely seen signs of it. And it's either, it, we're either going to take the risk and go with him and it's going to click, you know, like, you know, we've, we've all been watching football enough to know that, you know, very rarely uh, do you come onto that football pitch for the first time and light, you know, light the game up, light the stadium up, you know, you've got to earn that trust. Prime example I always use is Drogba, you know, you know, it took him a while, took him to his mid-20s to really, even even in that great season with Marseille, it still took him two, two and a half, three seasons at Chelsea till he, till he really found his feet. It's just, have you got the patience? I do like Havertz as a forward. He's got such good movement. He brings in uh, so many different players into his game. And the frustrating thing with him, like, like we've seen with Mason, is we know they can finish. They're great finishers, so they both should be scoring more. Uh, it is it is a tough one. I don't think he's been helped. You know, I don't think he's been helped by you know certain assist kings. If we're going to call like people like Reese and Chilwell that who are who are really good at assisting, you know, forwards, wingers, or whoever, being injured for so much of the season. You know, I think uh, Reese missed three months and then a six six week spell, and obviously we all know how long Chilwell's out. So then it, it puts pressure on other players who's it's not part of their game. I think he's had an okay season, and I think you know the best is yet to come. But it's great to be in this position to see that we can see it. We can all see it. And we can't wait just to, you know, carry it on and, and just watch his progression. But you've got to be big things for next season. But it depends where, where to, if Lukaku stays, if, if he buys another strike or where he actually sees him in the long run, mm. what position. I think that's a difficulty too. And he's not the only player who you could say, well, what is his best position? But there you go. Um, Dan, well, actually, sorry, Dan, uh, JK, I, I wanted to go to you. Again, I just wanted to say about what you, in fact, you said it, Dane. I think he, um, I think he would have benefited from Chilwell being in there more. But I also think um, uh, he would have benefited if we'd had a, a striker who was scoring 20 goals around him, because I think the pressure would have been off yeah. and he would have, would have given Tommy T an opportunity then to play him slightly in a different position. He played with two up. One of the strikers is scoring a lot and it looks world-class, which is what we haven't had. Then I think the pressure is off him and I think he scores more because he's a great mover, gets into fantastic mm. positions. And in fact, that when he hit the bar, that was such a lovely, lovely, brilliant moment. Wasn't it? it was it was so um, because it was like a half chance and he just his athleticism got in there and he got round and absolutely hit it. The only place he could have hit it was above over the goalkeeper because most people had tried to go low and they'd have failed. But he was... He was off balance anyway. It was a terrific, terrific uh, effort. And such a shame it didn't go in. He's had a lot of that this season. He's had a lot of moments where he's he's actually been there or thereabouts and not scored. I think he's been unlucky in a way that um, uh, uh, other players haven't. They've just been inept. I think he glides. I think he, he very similar to when, when Morata was on form for us. You know, obviously... I don't know who mentioned it, but when Morata first started playing and scoring goals, and there was links to Osgood, not obviously. Yeah, Osgood, yeah, he looked. Os- but how he moved yeah. like straight yeah. back, yeah. how he glided. Yeah. You know, Havertz does really glide across. You know, left, right, through the middle, and as I say, he brings in so many other players with his movement. It, you it's know, exceptionally so, good so he's quicker than you think because of that yeah. that the way that he he runs. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, Dan, it was the same old, same old. Really, when Watford equalised, another poor goal to concede. Saar, awful defending. The funniest yeah. thing about that, I mean, you kind of mentioned this in the build-up, really, but it was certainly true where I was sitting. Um, I mean, basically, I think the crowd were on the, the beach, actually, certainly for the <laughs> Watford goal, let alone the players or anybody. But, I mean, I didn't even break sweat. I was I was talking to this brilliant bloke, this lovely bloke that 
I mean, I think you know, like a lot of people at Stamford Bridge, um, you know, they share season tickets. They do like a syndicate yeah. thing, and he and he turns up. You know, I mean, obviously, I've not been there for a while, so I might have missed him. But he doesn't turn up that regularly. But when he does, he's just so, he's so. I've got to tell you this story. He's so friendly. He's a lovely bloke. He must be about. He's got to be late sixties. But he's a funny bloke, and we just sit there talking about the football all game, and it's really nice for me because I don't, you know, since Martin buggered off all those years ago, I'm sat there on my own. Got lovely John just down the way, but I mean, he doesn't sit next to me, so it's really nice to be able to talk football with somebody while the game's going on. And um, we were yabbering away, and I mean, as I said, I, I barely noticed they'd scored. I mean, I, I noticed enough to know that Saar was miles away and was ball watching, but I mean, it, I just didn't give a shit. Uh, anyway, he said something really funny. He said. Uh, he said, yeah, yeah, he said, you know, because he was telling me what, you know, about his ticket arrangement. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, I remember the first time I came along and uh, I thought I thought my ticket was for the seat that you were in. And I and I said that to you. And he said, you turned around, you looked at me and you just said, mate, I've been sat in this fucking seat for 20 years. It's my fucking seat. <laughs> <laughs> and he thought that was brilliant. He, he said, he said, I fell in love with you immediately. I thought that was really proper. He said, you know, you, you were defending your territory, and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> it was proper. And I said, but Johnny, you've got to understand that I've been asked that so many bloody times by idiot tourists who turn up, get the fucking row wrong, and I just got, I'm just bored of it. Mate, I've been sitting here for 20 fucking years. It's my seat. Now fuck off is basically the message. And he just thought that was hilarious. Anyway, very long diversion, Dan. Very, very sorry. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a poor goal to concede. It's been so typical this year. But I mean, is it is it more to do with the fact that, you know, when you've got players like Saar playing, that these things are going to happen because they're just not very good. They're just not. Saar's bad one or two decent moments, but generally speaking, I just don't think he's good enough. I mean, he's a free transfer from Porto, who one of those players would get, try and make some money for, but he just completely ball-watched. I mean, he's literally, Dan Gosnick had the freedom of, you know, their, their right wing, unmarked, easy header. It's How many goals we let in like that? All the goals we let in are just so simple, basic defending, we can't do it. You know, the, the Connor Cody goal the other week against Wolves, yeah. simple, free header. And look, these players aren't going to miss. Just dread, dreadful, dreadful marking. Just you know, I think it was a dead rubber game, and I think I think Tuchel said at some point, you know, he glad we scored because he just he just thought couldn't have dealt with another one-one like that. Absolute epitome of our season. Just dreadful marking. You know, the Leicester goal um, on Thursday night again, Alonso and Rudiger just ball watch, and then Madison goes and scores a goal. We, I would just actually really love to concede a really, really brilliant goal, not some ass about tit defending goal. You know. A six fifty yard screamer, just some brilliant, brilliant goal. Not some all the goals we can see the crap, with one or two exceptions, crap goals. We can see crap goals. We don't can see good goals because our defence is all over the place. You know, just one of those days, you know, no one really cared. In fact, I think when Watford scored, I think City had just gone three two up or something. That's why we were distracted, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I don't I because I was oh great, Watford oh, oh, Watford oh fuck, Watford scored. <laughs> Fuck it, that was it. No, you're, like, you're going out of your weeks full time. You're spot yeah, on, mate. I mean, and I think most of the crowd were distracted by what was happening in the Liverpool and the City matches, judging yeah. by the anti-Liverpool chanting. But you're right. That's why I kind of didn't really register it because Johnny and I were both on our phones trying to get a flaming signal to find out what the score was. Because the last we'd heard, City were 2-0 down. And it was like, oh my God, the red apocalypse is going to be upon us. So we were all we were hearing whispers and we were all trying to find out, but there you go. Tuchel said this after the match, actually, which I thought was really interesting, JK. 
because uh, he really, he sounded really quite upbeat, actually. He said, I thought we were going to do it again, which is what you're both saying. You know, play again and draw at home. But then Reese and Ross turned it around again in our favour. It's a mood changer, I have to say, and we're happy to end it with a win. The season was more or less finished for us. We gave some players the opportunity to play who didn't have so many minutes. Yeah, there's some odd substitutions, weren't there, too? So I'm happy that they could show up and take a deserved win. It is, in general, a big step in the general direction in terms of consistency for us. If you look at the last year, we've only been in the top three. This is very good, but they always need for improvement. The level of consistency from City and Liverpool is too much for us. It was too high. It will not get easier. Well, I'll, I'll save that for later, but uh, I thought he was quite upbeat, JK. Um, I mean, but before we get to that, perhaps, we have to discuss this flaming Barkley goal. I mean, what on earth? I mean, I thought, I mean, I was obviously, I have a very good view of it from where I am. I mean, it, I mean, he headed it, obviously. Great cross by Rhys James. And he kind of bounced over the goalkeeper who palmed it. And then it backspan into the goal. It was just utterly surreal. Yeah, but, but also nobody was marking him at all. It was actually some terrible piece of terrible Watford defending, which I think they've been guilty of most of the season. But they got some decent out, outfield players, Watford. I mean, Sissoko is a very good player still. And he, he really bossed it. And uh, um, just suddenly out of the blue, it was a kind of... Um, uh, Rhys James outside of the boot cross to the far post and the only person coming in is this this strange man in his half socks and his very high shorts like something out of 1982 um Ross Barkley who uh, who heads across the goal into the corner and we're we're um, I he, he always flatters to deceive Ross because he actually you know was very quick with the ball and I thought is it because he's hardly played all he does now is sprint what's what's you know he does sprinting exercises what's been happening to him because he and then he had a very good shot that Foster palmed over I think he could have put Havertz in rather than have the shot but you thought well you know he, there are aspects to him it's that terrible thing you always think yeah perhaps next season he could actually be quite good and then you have to pinch yourself and think no he has the football intelligence of a whelk come on Jonathan stop Stop doing this. Stop thinking he actually has these abilities. He is not very bright and doesn't isn't good enough for this team. So, you know, I he, he gave him a go. I thought we'd never see him again. I thought we would never see him. We would never see um, Kennedy. We would never see Saar. I mean, the, the combination of players in the end was absolutely frightening. Just, just wait till we see Bakayoko and Baba Rahman installing the team next uh, season. Oh well, well, at the beginning of the season, it'll be like that, won't they? They'll come and they'll play in the uh, they'll play in the warm-ups. But oh God! But yeah, I suppose in the end, it was it was a bit of a shock that we won, given that the uh, the personnel we had on the pitch. But you know, Mace did his usual huge effort. Um, uh, Rudiger was great until his not great. He was. You know, he, he did the business until he was given his his opportunity to wave goodbye. Nice send off. Yeah, lovely send off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, well, everybody understands it. They understand it's not him. Well, I suppose in other instances, people have actually been called greedy for doing that for leaving. But um, going to, so so we he, he must have a special place in our hearts because uh, other players going to clubs for more money, uh, people think that they're um, they're Judases. So uh, um, it's interesting that we understand that. And I think also there was the aspect of perhaps they, they weren't, they took their eye off the ball a bit with him because of the sanctions. Though he said he wasn't spoken to from, what was it August to June, he said last year that, um, August to January, I should say, which seems a strange omission, but perhaps they, they didn't want to match the wages. Perhaps they knew that um, Madrid were, were gonna pay him a lot more money. So they gave into it. Um, 
there's a theory theory at the moment, isn't it? Just to digress, that um, Marina and um, Bruce Buck are getting getting twenty million. Have you heard that? I, I haven't heard that. What what would excuse me? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So, what, yeah I've heard that as well. Some sort of like a, uh, yeah, a, a, a buy off for having made it go smoothly, made the, made the the transfer go smoothly, the purchase. So it's like a golden handshake. Yeah. 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 Better than a golden shower. Yeah, or a golden yes, hand shandy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I find that I mean I can understand that it happens in the corporate world all the time. I yeah. mean, I, you know, I wrote a piece about Buck the other week, didn't I, saying that really, you know, he should go. But I, I, you know, it's ha- it's what happens in the corporate world. And I mean, I don't know about Marina. I mean, my 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 feelings on Marina are that um, I think in some respects she's been excellent at what she does, and it's hard to disagree with that. And yet on the other side, I mean, this is the difficulty with Chelsea, isn't it? Because you don't know in terms of manager sackings and, and, and transfers in and out how much of that was really Roman, who was, you know, basically playing with his train set, and not using any rationality or logic to it. And they all have to do what he says. So that, I think you, that's why you get this kind of really schizophrenic view on our on the way we do our business. So anyway, we digress. What was I going to... I'm just going to say, knowing, knowing what's happened in Russia at the moment, it, it, it probably is likely that it is him playing with his train set. And a lot of that was just off, you know, oh, I'm going to do that now because I can do it. Well, I think that's been going on for years, JK, to be honest. True. You know, I really do. But well, I, I didn't mean just now. I meant I meant that's his mindset. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. The kind of Russian mindset, you know, yeah. I'll do that. I don't like him anymore. He's, t- he's yeah. mad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? We'll never know, sadly. But uh, Dane... Um, I like, like, I, I wonder if, like me, you were absolutely delighted to see Ben Chilwell come on for the last few minutes, making a little bit of a cameo. I, I think I actually choked up a little bit. Did I you? don't know did if you? that was the uh, beer Moretti's taken over, or or not. But yeah, you know, he did get a, he get a, got a lovely reception, didn't he? And I was I was worried about contact of him because I don't know how much contact he's he's had. I know he was training with the youngsters, and then he's joined the first team. Uh, in the last week, week and a half, and there was rumours that he might might get a look in uh, at some point this, you know, for this game. And it, yeah, it, it was nice. It was it was a special moment because we have missed him. You know, I'm hit and miss on Alonso, but like like Jake, I know Jake has always been a fan. You know, I see people's positives, I see people's negatives, but some for some reason this season, I've 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 he's. I wouldn't say he's grown on me because I've always known he's had the ability, but I've I've become more affectionate towards him. Uh, I, I think he's had some outstanding games, uh, you know, in, in the big games when we've needed to, whether it be Real Madrid, uh, Real Madrid away or in, in both the, the, the cup yeah. finals against yeah. Liverpool. Absolutely outstanding. And, I, you know, you, you hear rumours that seem quite solid, but I think, you know, he wants to go back to Spain. He, you know... It must be quite hard for him. We obviously all know what has happened to him off the field. And to, to have that sort... I know you've got to be, you know, you, you've got to be very tough footballer. Uh, but to have that, you know, with most away fans, it must be quite tough. And maybe, you know, he's had a good, great career. And to go back where he's still got the ability, still sniffing around the, the national first team. And to, to all respect to him, like to a Barcelona, would, would be a great move for him. I, you know, if you imagine Chilwell having a really good fit season next year, then how much will will, will Alonso see? But it will be with a heavy heart. But you know, if he does go, like so many of them, I wrote down. I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. But I wrote down potentially the, the exits, and wow, I almost filled up the page. It was uh, 
and Alonso was on there. Alonso was more of a question mark. Uh, but yeah, having said that, so going back to Chilwell, yeah, it was a special moment. I think we, we've really missed him, you know. He, he he had that problem in the summer, didn't he? And England mucked him around. And then Tuchel was like, he needs to get fit. And then when he actually got fit, a bit rusty. But then when he started really playing, assists were coming, goals were coming. And, you know, for that last game of his to be that, probably best oh. performances in years against Juventus. And then for him to be injured was so harsh on him because he was at the top of his game. He was congratulated by the Watford bench, by the way, for going on. It was a really lovely moment, actually. Yeah. You chill well. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I really did choke up. I don't know what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was lovely, but great. There was a great deal of affection for him when he was coming on. I suppose they realised what had been, you know, almost uh, in previous um, ages ago, it would have been a career-ending, ending injury, and how difficult it is to come back from that kind of thing, Um, and also mentally to prepare yourself for that. Less than six months, too, J.K. Yeah, absolutely excellent, and that's. I, I, I was really impressed by the, uh, as I say, Watford bent all shook his hand when he was going on. Brilliant. Nice touch. Uh, you know, uh, clearly the influence of Roy Hodgson, who we may well be uh, mentioning in a minute. But before we do, we're going to have a quick break. We'll be back in a minute. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper chels. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge, and as ever, I'm joined by His Royal Highness uh, Jonathan Kidd. 
Yeah, you're all doing very well. Thank God, thank God. And the absolutely lovely uh, Dan Silver. Good evening, all. And the equally lovely Dane Whittle. E evening, everyone. Good to see you, people. Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on it in the build-up, and uh, you know, um, in the in my introduction, of course, uh, and and throughout the game, really. But there was it was kind of weird, J.K., wasn't it? it there was a, there was a real end of term feeling. I mean, you know, Tuchel admitted it as well in his in his presser afterwards, didn't he? But you know, the season was already finished for us. Really, it finished. It finished once third spot was, you know, confirmed uh, after the last round of matches. You know, it kind of finished in a sense after we lost the cup final to Liverpool. You know, and it's been an interminably. It, it, I mean, a lot of sixty-three matches is a lot of matches, but also, I think you know, with the whole sanctions thing, it's been just. It's been horrible, really. So there was a real end-of-term feeling. We was quite happy and a bit... There was a lot of naughtiness in the air. I think the <laughs> naughtiness, nobody was really paying any attention to what was going on. We, on weren't, we weren't behaving like we're supposed to, is what I mean no, by that. No, you he, know? As you said, when that, their goal went in, nobody was watching. I no. think they really yeah. cared. Um, but I, I think also, because the pattern has been so um, similar in it, all the games, it, we, we've got nothing to look forward to. There wasn't... A sudden belief that uh, um, Lukaku would come on and score four, or that we would somehow take him to the cleaners, because at home we haven't been playing very well. If it was away, um, I think we would have done a, uh, okay. We seem to do we've done very well away. I can't put my finger on what the reason is for that. I suppose it's because teams don't park the bus, and where we've established that it's been heavily established that we do not perform well against teams who um, put ten men back and then try and score on the break. And they've got to find a way to do that next year. Otherwise, we'll just be repeating the same um, uh, constant possession. I mean, the one thing about the, the team that you have to take their, your, your hat off to is they do pass the ball beautifully. And it frequently nowhere goes nowhere. But the possession and the skill with playing triangles and playing the ball up here, there and everywhere is brilliant. And, the, and also it, it's helped enormously by having the great Thiago Silva uh, at centre-half, who his vision and not only his ability to play, um, just to relax and take the ball off people and then run out in a moment, just his timing and everything, his, his long precision passing is absolutely phenomenal to starting attacks up, starting attacks going. And um, uh, he, 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 if he can manage to stay fit for a whole season next year, he'll be essential to the success of the side. But it is, it needs, we, we've talked about it before, and one hopes every transfer window, something will happen. I mean, I heard somebody discussing the fact they only wanted, they, they thought there only might be two players coming in, two marquee signings. You think, oh, hang Nobody on, hang on. Nobody knows. Oh, no, indeed, indeed. I know, bollocks. It's all bollocks. I know, but you want to go, oh, God, what? what, well, you've been, what but you, you, you know, it's, that's exactly what it's designed for. It's designed to get yeah, to, your get, emotions... To get, I know, get, well, I know, but one one looks and uh, and think wait, wait, as, as as Dane did. You look through a list of people you thought could go, and it's ten. And uh, but we've haven't we done this now for the past three seasons? Every time we get to the end of the season, we make a list of players we think were aren't good enough for the side. And the following season, well, I'll tell you nine, what, I'm just gonna, nine I'm, of them I'm, are there. I, I want to park that because I want to get onto that a bit later because that's yeah. a, that's that's that's, that's that's opening up a, a, a massive topic. And I, and I basically yeah. I basically completely agree with you, but I want to talk about it in in a little minute if I can. I mean, Dan, you know, picking back up on that, you know, end of term feeling before, during, and after. Yeah. 
I mean, it felt like that in the pubs too, actually. I mean, that's kind of what I mean. I mean, everybody stayed later. Even JK turned up in the cock. I mean, the funniest thing about that, he, he might not remember this. He wandered in with his dark glasses on and he was looking around and he obviously couldn't see us. And he, and he turned around to walk out and we were all shouting, I mean, shouting at him as loud as we could and he couldn't fucking hear us. Do you remember that? I'm very old, Chidge. Yeah. Old and blind and deaf. Yeah, I know. But there was a real kind of end of term feeling in the, in the pubs, you know, everybody was staying a bit longer. Tony stayed up, didn't he? You know, I stayed later than I normally would. It being I have to get back to Winchester. So I, I don't know why. I was very touched by the atmosphere yesterday. And it was really good to see a lot of really deep, possibly because I missed so much of it mid-season. And it kind of made me remember what it's all about. Yeah, just, I think everyone was just generally just fed up, exhausted. A little bit disappointed that we you know we've got, you know, lost two cup finals to the greatest team in history ever on penalties. You know, just one of those, it was weird. It's weird. I mean, you know, I mean, end of last season, we had the Champions League to look forward to, albeit I don't think we're full capacity, were we, after COVID? And that's the other thing as well. This is also like a, you know, first kind of, well, almost full season without any COVID problems. So we all want to meet up, say hello, say goodbye, have a good summer. It was just, it was, it was a good atmosphere in the pub. It was a friendly atmosphere. It was like, Fuck that's over, kind of thing. It's like getting two in laws for dinner. You're like, oh, fuck that's over. Well, I think we, we could also you could breathe again and relax. That's yeah. the. I mean, I, I tell you what, it, it, it. We will say end of term, but it really does feel like the the end of a of a school term where you have the summer break when you you won't see your football mates until you know yeah. we all go back to school in August. You know, it does have that feel about it. So it's kind of like a bit. Almost, it's a bit of a party atmosphere. It's like oh, we're all free now. You know, and yeah. in a sense, we we we're free of the yoke. Of, of the emotional yoke of following Chelsea in what has been a very emotionally turbulent season, I think. Yeah, arguably the most turbulent in, in recent history, if not ever. Yeah. It, it just felt, you know, because last year we had the Champions League finals to look forward to. This year, kind of, you know, a bit of a damp squib, pretty much got top four nailed on. Um, Leicester was very similar to kind of the Watford game, wasn't it? Just one of those, ugh, you know, to me, to you kind of thing. That was it. Yeah. I, I, I think our season pretty much ended... After cup final, you, know, you could say after it. Madrid. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean that. You see that game. I know we digress like, to about Ben Chilwell. You know that Juventus game, brilliant football, and we never really recovered from that. Yeah, we, we, haven't from, we were top of the league at the time as well. Yeah, we haven't recovered from Ben Chilwell. Then reached James shortly after. So people, yeah. you know, people forget we've had no COVID postponements whatsoever. Sixty-three games, which is as many as the greatest team trademark in the world I've ever played. Well, arguably more yeah. because you think about all the extra time games we played as well. Yeah. Which is equivalent to four matches, I think. It's partly because we can't bloody finish our dinner, <laughs> let alone finish coals. There is that. Right, listen, you look, you look back on it, okay? Two trophies, complete the set, everything can be won. We've now won it. We've got two cup finals against a, a Liverpool team, which are years ahead of us in terms of their development. Held our own really well. We're just unlucky with lottery penalties. Come third. It's not been a bad season. You know, most clubs, you know, aside from the who who Harvard Bramrich were taking that season, weren't they? You know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, mate. And yeah. I, but I, I think I think it's I think you know it's clouded by uh, the injuries. Well, I'd, I'd say it's been you know it's been scuppered straight. The mood has been clouded by several things. Key injuries, obviously, because we know what that meant. Lukaku being a bag of shit and not solving our problem, and then you know because that that that's basically done for any aspirations above third place. And then you've got um, 
you know, losing to Liverpool on penalties in two finals, that is that is definitely a mood dampener, yeah. you know, because that's, that's so marginal. I wouldn't say losing to Real Madrid in the way we would because, you know, the, the, you know, it's it's Real Madrid. It's the European uh, the Cup. You know that can happen. I don't think that. And I think actually their their performance in the in the second leg, whilst ultimately very disappointing because we got knocked out. Actually, I think buoyed us all up a bit because it, they were so bloody good. And it, it was kind of like, oh, they still they can still oh they can play football still. Oh, that's that's nice to know. But I think definitely the cups and and of course then the whole sanctions thing hovering over us since March. I think that's I think that's had an effect, uh, Dane far greater than any of us really honestly understand or realise. Yeah, and especially on the manager who who was forefront for us while others were hiding and squirming in, you know, in the background. And that goes for the men's and and the women's teams, you know, Thomas Tuchel and Emma Hayes. And you, you imagine a toll because, you know, like us, they live, breathe and, you know, you know, sleep this, especially a manager, sleep this club. And it, it's been a long season. It's been a tough season. And, you know, again, we, we've had all debates about obviously the sanctions, but they've come and they've really, really punished us and and, and really crippled us. So, and, and I think it'll go on forever. You know, we'll be talking to this until we're blown in the face how we thought unjust and unfair some of the decisions, that, you know, the government have made. And just let us get on with it at the same time, still digging us even in, in, in recent days. And it, it's just hard. They haven't thought of the supporters once or, you know, all the staff or anyone there. And they could have handled it so much better. Uh, yeah, it's been a long season. Obviously, I said about Juventus and, and, and so did Dan. And you think that feels so long ago that night, you know, I, I presume we was all there and, and, and just that, that elation and, I think even, you know, at the time, I think Jason Cundy did a talk sports show that night and was saying, are we the best team in Europe <laughs> at that time? And it's uh, it's funny how, how He was how much saying we... we're the best team in the world in February when we won the Club Super Cup. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's, it's a tough season. You know, we, 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 we've we all lived tough seasons under Chelsea. You know, we, we, we've been there, seen it and done it. But this is obviously the first one where we've had obviously sanctions. So we add it, we add it to our list of, of, of what we've to deal with which yeah. is uh i don't think they can throw anything more at us no they can't i mean to win two trophies i mean you know you, the others can say they don't count as much as they they want but uh, the club world cup in particular i mean i remember and we, this is going to come home to roost i think next monday when dean gives us the results of the uh you know we do our predictions before the season starts but i do remember specifically saying i, I probably didn't write this down but I, the one thing I really wanted to win more than anything else this season was actually the Club World Cup because we hadn't won it before. Mm. And I've got this kind of big bug up my ass about the European Cup having to suffer Liverpool winning it when I was a kid. So I really wanted to win that so that we could say we've won it all. So, you know, why why can we not be happy with that? Well, as I said, I think the sanctions have put a dampener on anything, everything. The injuries, the bad luck, losing to Liverpool in two finals is done for it, really. But JK, I mean, you know, we're talking about endings, really, aren't we? And And, and I mean... Obviously, we had the end of Mike Dean. Hurrah! The end of Roy Hodgson, which is a shame for Roy because he's been a great servant of the game. Bless him. He's a lovely bloke. Um, I mean, but the two endings that really upset us particularly will be obviously Rudy. We know he's going and he he gave us a bit of a send-off, which was lovely to see. But of course, it's the end of an era. It's the end of the Roman Abramovich era. That was the last game played under the ownership of Roman Abramovich. And that's a massive loss for us. I mean, if you think about the last 19 years and what that's meant and what's been seen and what's been achieved, that's a loss and an ending. It's a loss, but I think it was it was slightly forgotten by the appearance of 
three of the owners of the... Uh, yeah, what, did, uh, what did you make of that? Uh, um, I thought it was a, a statement of intent. Mm. And they all embraced Tommy and shook his hand um, uh, exuberantly. And the players, they went and shook hands with all the players. I thought it was a very, a very good moment, actually, indeed. And also the kind of the fact that the Todd Bowley is always very laid back wearing a T-shirt and jeans. Yeah, you know, man. Yeah, it's all a bit, yeah. It's so Californian. It is completely like that. Just what briefly want to say, um, I had the opportunity to, um, to, Roy Hodgson was leaving as I left, and I just went up to him and said, to many other people, he was, he was having people do selfies nonstop. But I just, I thought I won't impose myself on him. I just said, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Hodgson, for a completely brilliant career. I said, you've had a brilliant career. Apart from that game against Blackburn at Ewood Park when you were an arsehole. Hey, indeed, I wanted to say that. I even <laughs> said, I rather foolishly, because that was on my mind, I said, I loved your involvement, I loved your, loved your management of Fulham to get them into the final of the UEFA Cup and your time at Liverpool. And it was that moment that he moved away from me very quickly. <laughs> I thought, yes, I think I've chosen the wrong team. I meant to say, um, I meant to say another team, yeah. Ooh, 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 but by then, somebody else had asked for it. Well, I think that's a nice thing to do. But but it was lovely. I took some video of him as well, which was nice. I'll post it up. And also, um, Mike Dean was possibly the easiest game that Mike Dean has ever had. I don't think there was anything contentious at all in it. But the joy at the end of the game and the poor poor bloke looked back at the pitch as he was leaving and looked and took an enormous breath. And you thought, yes, all right, but you'll be there to irritate the fuck out of us, Mike. You know you will. You'll have a you'll have a job that will somehow be really getting up our noses. Could be it'll be we'll see an obvious obvious red card, and you'll find a you'll be there as the uh, the knowledge, the referee knowledge, and you'll say no, 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 there wasn't a foul there at all. No, 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 giving a variety of ridiculous reasons for it. Yeah. So you'll be there to irritate us. But yes, it was some. Um, it was. Uh, I, I was surprised there wasn't more Roman Abramovich chanting. Actually, I was surprised that. Um, um, and I know Abana was was going to be taken. They weren't allowed. And no, they, indeed they wouldn't have been. No. Of course I mean, I, I I have a suspicion. I mean, Dan might have something to say about this being so uh, exalted in the trust these days. Unlike me, I'm just a bit part player these days. You know, Been sent out to, to long pasture me. But um, I, I'm I'm kind of wondering a lot of things actually. Um, quite emotional about it really i mean dan i was i was 36 ish when uh when raymond took over and i'm now 56 i mean it's you know that's kind of i was middle-aged when uh he took over now i'm approaching old age you know it's i mean what i'm really trying to say is that those 19 years are a hugely significant uh part of our our own personal history and our own lives you know and I mean, Christ, I mean, we've seen, we, we've literally, haven't we, as the banner says, we've seen things we never thought we'd see in these last 19 years. And it's going to be quite weird not having having him at the helm. I'm just thinking of something else as well, actually, Dan. And that's, um, you know, Jonathan was talking about Bowley being on the pitch. And what had occurred to me, of course, is one of the things that we, we didn't, I mean, it's kind of played in his favour in a way, but one of the things we didn't get from Roman was any... You know, he, he he was never there. I mean, I know there was issue reasons for that recently, but he he wasn't. He was very shy. I think he's shy anyway. You know, but we've got we've now got a totally different owner who I think he, he take, has selfies taken with fans all the time. Yeah. He's on the pitch. He's hugging the players. It's going to be a very different ownership, isn't it? Yeah, because I think Roman never ever. You know, I remember the early days when he was in his box. He was at every game. He was punching the air. He was celebrating goals and everything else like that. You but he was very us and them, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I think he also lived in London. I think there was. Yeah, that. I think he never he never wanted the, the digital publicity. I'd, I'd imagine, per se, because he never was interviewed by anything, even the in-house um, TV stuff or whatever. And he only put out what one or two statements, didn't he? When Frank Lampard was sacked, he made a, a statement which is, goes completely against everything he'd done before. He was, you know, he was he's a very public private owner. If that makes sense. You know, listen for me. Nineteen years of you know incredible trophies. You know, you know, I lost my dad in that time. All sorts of stuff happened. Got married, got separated, the whole lot. So you know, outside of football, so much has happened. Is you know, it's a third of your life, more or less. You know, almost a third of mine. Huge era. You know, fifteen yeah. percent of Chelsea's history. But what a significant, significant part of our history. I mean, arguably that will never be replicated. Yeah. And I think it'll be a very different Chelsea under Bowley. Won't necessarily be a, you know any less trophies, but it'll be a lot more. You know, taking full advantage of the commercial side, which Abramovich never did. You know, much more kind of data-driven, kind of almost like modernising Chelsea now, kind of bring us up to, you know, where it should be. Because you look at the Liverpool project, so it, you know, they've done really well under Klopp for the last six, seven years. That's what we need. You know, we need that. AC Milan, very similar, four years ago on the verge of bankruptcy, taken over by, you know, hedge fund people, data people, they've just won Serie A. So, you know... With maybe, Bakayoko in the side. Yeah, which was even more miracle. So maybe a year, two years of, you know, maybe not quite being there or thereabouts, but we've got, we've got the basis of, you know, a, a fantastic new future. You know, we've got to thank Mr. Bramich for all he did from a footballing perspective. But noise about outside of that's a completely different story, not for the podcast we're talking about football. And it's Chelsea. These guys are custodians. Good custodians, bad custodians. You know, Ken Bates is always going to be, you know, Marmite for most Chelsea supporters. And Bramich, probably the whole, will be you know, populist because of what he's done for us. So, you know, these are all custodians of this great football club. It's a game for 100 and, what, 119 years now, whatever it is. Mm. You know, these are all just little segments of our history. What a history that's been. And now we, you know, look forward because, you know, we'll, we'll come back next season and still be Chelsea. Just a different name, you know, top of the top of the pile. Well, I think one one thing that always, I mean, again, in a funny old way, it was the it was the pubs and stuff and, and just the general camaraderie and the mates and everything makes you realize this that that we are essential to the spirit of Chelsea and whoever owns the club that 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 is the consistency it's the supporters in a sense so that gives me hope i mean dane i i, I you know on the on the one hand i don't i i, I mean it'd be ama- i mean it will be amazing i mean because we won so many trophies in those 19 years i mean you could argue we should have actually won a lot more to be honest but mm. you know winning one trophy every season on average is 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 quite astonishing and I will be amazed if we can sustain that not least because of course you know you've got um you've got Liverpool and City well okay just look, let's just talk about the rich bastards first you've got City and Newcastle Newcastle are going to come into it because they're rich um and then you've got Liverpool who are well established and on 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 a you know on a roll Man United can't stay shit forever Arsenal can't stay shit forever and I suppose with Conte and more money, you know, there's going to be six, seven teams that are capable of, I'd, I'd say, you know, being in the top four. And that's before you talk about sides that don't have the resources but are well, well managed, like West Ham. You know, it's it's going to be tougher and tougher and tougher, I think, to pick up a lot tougher in a sense than it was to do so in the 19 years of Roman. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit kind of skeptical about that. So I'd love to hear what you think and, about Bowley and his, and his kind of you know we got we'll we'll go from a a very private owner who didn't say anything which I actually think worked very well to be honest because sometimes you can say stuff and be absolutely pilloried for it and now we're going to Bowley who's very vocal very public 
very you know there's a, there's a much kind of warmer more kind of friendly aura about Bowley I think and I think that will come across in the ownership I think that always went against a Roman especially in the media that he didn't come out he didn't ever do interviews and I think they, that always went against him I think you could always say people was always like quite spiteful about him. Uh, it, it seemed in that way just because he didn't do interviews. You know, we all loved it because he we always found it. He never he never really dug himself a hole, did he? Uh, by by doing his interviews, and he's obviously a very smart man. He didn't obviously need to. Regarding Bowley, yeah, you know, very obviously very American. You know, he seems out there. He maybe likes the adulation. I don't know. Uh, how it is for him, you know, especially with the, with, with the Dodgers. I know he's, he's only a very small percentage over there. Was it eleven or ten percent? But you know, it, it's a it's a time that we've, we we we've decided a, 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 a quite a while ago that we have to move on. And obviously, this guy's this guy's come, and it's always quite funny because he was the first one. Him and Weiss was the first one who started making moves and talking, and everyone was saying, "No, no, you know, there's no chance that the big talkers uh, at the beginning well, got no chance." But he lasted it out, didn't he? And and good for them. And he seems to like this. This new challenge he's got, as he says, he you know he's mixing in with the fans and 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 taking photographs. He looks really happy. He's getting involved, and it is going to be different. You know, it's going to be a change that we're all going to have to get used to. Going on to the, how how potentially uh, hard it's going to be next year. They've all got a uh, they've all got an advantage over us because they you know they can start bidding now for players. You know where. Poor old Thomas is, is is he can write names down on the list, but those those few of those names could be gone by the time you know we we've we've agreed, finally agreed this takeover and it's all it's all gone in, gone in and gone through. Uh, he has said a couple of times in recent weeks, hasn't he? You know it's important we need to really act quickly, and oh, and they must know it. They're not stupid. Dane, can I read you what what he said in the presser about this because it was pretty good. He said. Um, you know, he was asked, do you have a clear idea on who you want and how difficult will the Premier League be next season? And he said, "It'll." I love it. I, I can hear his, his slightly Germanic voice when he says it. It'll be a super tough race. Uh, Manchester United will be in the race and Tottenham will be in the race with Antonio Conte for sure. We want to stay in the race and Liverpool and Man City do everything to make their squads bigger and they set the standards so high. This is the challenge in which we compete. We have at the moment a huge disadvantage, picking up on your point, Dane, that's not decisive yet. There's no need to make excuses now. It's just the situation we're in and we have to be as quick as possible. Right now, of course, it's unsatisfying because our hands are tied and we cannot act as we want. We have clear ideas for the profiles and characteristics of these players. It's not like you put a name on the list and then you get the player. You have to convince the player. You have to speak to other clubs and convince yourself this is the player. So there is normally a lot of work and it will be the same to be competitive next season while, like everybody else, tries to close the gap to us. While the top the two top teams are what they are, a benchmark of consistency. This is the situation, and from there we do our very best to be competitive because this is what we want to be. So he's really making that point, underlining it, that you know we're already behind the eight ball because a lot of these clubs will already have been doing the groundwork to go and make their signing so far, and we're not allowed to do that, JK. Um, I just wanted to make a point earlier that I, I think that Bowley only has a small percentage of, of uh, Chelsea. Yeah. In the same way that he's got a small percentage of the Dodgers. I yeah, just yeah. think... He is the he's the front he is, man. He's the front man. He's the PR man. And I wanted to ask Dan, um, did uh, did you meet him? No, I didn't. With the, the trust met with all the potential buyers, and they all you know they all pretty much came across very well. Um, who, even, who, even who even when you met all the buyers, who was it that you met? Well, I was unfortunately I was in America at the time, so I missed all of it. <laughs> I did. I did get. I did get a personal phone call from Steve Padaluka, the guy that owns the um, uh, the Boston team. But no, I think you know. I think all the people came across very well, very 
listen to what we had to say, kind of seemed to get Chelsea and got what we need, what, what we're about. So it was all, all very positive talks. Um, can, I just, can I just ask, what, what were you selling him? What, what, what were the points? Well, just what the trust really important was, just the, the, key, the key issues of Chelsea heritage, because it'd be very easy for somebody to come in and start, you know, pissing about with badges and names and colours. We, sure the we don't need that, no stinking badges. Yeah. The things like, you know, key things, always always be called Chelsea Football Club. Ideally, try and stay at Stamford Bridge, always playing blue. Um, you know, just the key the key things that are so iconic, so important to Chelsea. Yeah, Those yeah, are things yeah, you yeah. want to have and kept and have control over that to make sure supporters are looked after that, you know, we don't have massive ticket price hikes, uh, that we don't have any more Super League shenanigans, that they continue the great stuff with the um, the Chelsea women's team who've done phenomenally well. Uh, all, the, all, the good, all the good community work that we did. Just continue all the stuff that Abraham just started and just continue with that, just to make sure, you know, Chelsea are as great as they are now. You know, because we don't want to be like, you know, you look at, you only got to look at like, you know, Lim at Cardiff putting them into red shirts. We don't need that bullshit. One always play in blue, always have white socks, all, all the key issues. They took all that on board, they listen, they get it. They, you know, they listen, they've all said they weren't fan engagement. Now I guess the you know the plan is well the takeover's confirmed and they're gonna be true to their word. And also just from a, a business perspective, you know, you're following in huge shoes with Mr. Van Rich, what he's done for the club. You know, generally speaking, very minimal season ticket in, increases over his entire time here. And they're going to come in now. They've got to. They've got to do some good things for supporters straight away to get them on side. Because you know, you don't want a angry fan base day one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. J- J.K., I, 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 I'm going to. Um, I can't remember what I said before now, but I'm going to. I guess I'm going to. If you don't mind, I'm going to ask Dane this because he kind of he, he he made a point of this earlier on. And I kind of shut him up. I, I kind of shut you both up so you can both talk about it. But I'll ask Dane first. Um, we know Rudy's going, obviously, Dane. We're pretty sure, I think, that Asby's going to go. Uh, we know Christensen's going as well. Uh, we're also wondering if... I mean, actually, I don't know if you boys noticed this, but apparently Pulisic has taken Chelsea FC off his Instagram yeah. account. Yeah. So, potentially, he's off. Um, Alonso, he's another one. Uh, Jorginho, I mean, his agent's forever saying he wants to go back to, to Italy. So, that's how many off the top... That's six, I think, isn't it, off the top of my head. So, who else is on your list? Because you said you had a list. Uh, regarding Pulisic, with an American owner uh, literally 99% ready to take over in a big tour coming in the summer, I very much doubt he will go anywhere. Well, I wouldn't bank on that. Let me in tell a you. World Cup year. Uh, let uh, me let me exactly. Let me let, let me tell you why I don't bank on that. Because I think he's got history with Tuchel. Because Tuchel didn't rate him at Dortmund. You mm-hmm. know, he didn't play him a lot. And when he did, he played him in the wrong position. Get the sense of history repeating here. Um, and he is the captain of America, and he wants to play in the World Cup, so he'll want to be playing. And I don't. I mean, I bet he's going. I mean, his dad's whinnying on about it on on, on social media, um, and he can talk to Tuchel till he's blue in the face, saying, "Hey, man, I need game time." But Tuchel's going to say, "Well, fucking play better then." You know, mm. it's it's a shame with him because he's reached levels, and I don't include Mason in this because I still don't see Mason as a forward. But he's reached levels that no other none of those forwards have reached for Chelsea. Fair enough. It was like within that that first sort of like lockdown and all that behind the, the scenes football. But we we know what he can do. It'd be such a risk getting rid of him at the age of twenty three. I know he's got before more. He's inconsistent finishing. You can all say it, but it's just because I, I think that that that's that, that's the that's the thing that gets me the most is we've seen what he can do in a Chelsea shirt. I you agree. know, we haven't seen. Kai, uh, Timo, uh, Ziyech, Lukaku reach those levels. You know, Kai has been 
fairly close, you know. Uh, uh, Timo, obviously, Timo's quite good early on in Frank's Frank's career. Of Frank's career, you know, he, he did look really good. Ziek, bits and pieces. Pulisic reached real big levels. Going back to my list, I wrote fifteen, wow. and I know that's that that is far fetched. Dave, before you start, a very quick point on Pulisic. Chelsea have got a history of giving up on players too quickly. Kevin mm. De Bruyne, Mo yeah. Salah. I know different times, but you know, I, I, Pulisic could have just done this for because he's got games for America. You know, the fact that you know, uh, Tushy Mary followed a Chelsea player. Oh, he's going to join Chelsea. I don't believe you know. It's social media. I, I think he'll stay because he's an American captain. That they'll want to have him front and centre the first year at least. I reckon. Well, that's well. People got to forget Tuchel is Tuchel is, is is very similar. You know, has the same sort of philosophy as 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 a uh, Klopp. So he's come in and he's adjusted. You know the tactics to suit the players, but if if enough players leave and he goes to a four three three, then you really need a player like Pulisic staying yeah. because a player in a four three three would benefit him immensely. You know, uh, might even benefit obviously a, a, a Timo, but it just it would just be interesting if he does actually change his tactics and you know a little bit of of his style and players like that, those sort of attacking, we will we we'll desperately need. Uh, so yeah, yeah, but I wrote fifteen. But obviously, I don't expect fifteen to go. Uh, I wrote fifteen, and I had a couple of headlines like "definitely off," "not happy," and a question mark. And I've obviously put Ziek, Barkley, Werner, Pulisic, and Kepa as not happy. And then you just go you, ones you expect, you know, like Kennedy's a question mark. Kante, Kennedy deemed as a question mark. Jorginho, Dave, you you seem to think he's going, Chidge. I think well, Alonso will go. And then you've got the definite offs, Christensen, Rudiger, and uh, Saul's going back, isn't he? We haven't and even Samara got into well. the uh, the five low knees, have we? Well, exactly. We haven't even started with the Bashwise, but, you know, yeah. the Bakayoko's. Yeah. 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 Drink, Raman. Wa- drink water's drink not water. coming back, is he? He's out of He's contract. Out of contract. Drink water. Yeah, yeah, we can fuck him off, finally. God for yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it's... And, of course, all this is... I mean, and this is... I think this is the point that Tuchel, Jonathan, is... is subtly saying and has been for the last week or two that you know I think he gets it that there's a lot of players that are either going or probably should go and you cannot and will not replace all of them in one window so it has has to be managed really well and patiently and this is going to be a a two to three year rebuild I think Mm. that's what he said we're not we're not improving the squad we're rebuilding rebuilding the squad I think you know I, I be interesting to see how he handles Billy Gilmore, for an example, who was oh, clearly it just didn't work at all at Norwich for him, and uh, and yet uh, he it plays one useless pre- useless fucker of a manager, wouldn't it? Sorry, fucker of a manager. And Ampadu is coming back as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah I, I like um, I like that. I, I he yeah. could do a sad job and a better well, job. I think. Well, let's see. Let's see what he. You know, I think. Well, hopefully, had, yeah. We don't know. What yeah. kind of season did he have? At, uh, where was he at? Um, Leipzig. Leipzig. Yeah. Apparently quite liked Vone. Played he's played quite well by all accounts, by the Italian accounts. Yeah, but let's I see actually got the country yeah. wrong as well as the team. That's impressive. <laughs> 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 but in the same way that you know, Gilmore's been playing well for Scotland. He plays for Scotland and he's he plays out of his boots, he plays at you know a decent level. So you know, it, it may be that they're forced to rely on the um or he makes a decision. Not to send them out on loan or to send them out on loan. He's got to do that. He's going to be doing that in pre-season. Um, but they've got it's not it's not a disaster in the sense that if they don't 
make a large number of new signings and don't and and seem to try to get rid of as many players as they can. There are still these really quite relevant players who I think he can then build into the side that he thinks um, will take on all, all the top teams. So it might be it might be a season where we we have to just um, stifle our uh, desire for winning trophies and just hope you know let's see what the standard of performance is like but i i honestly think that if we he's such a good manager if we play um to the, play the way he wants us to play and he can get he can improve youngsters or wherever he gets we'll be there or thereabouts again because he really is a top top manager um and in his ability because you know i keep going on about this his ability to use a team that you know frank had failed to do well with and get them to win the Champions League is something that was was a completely phenomenal achievement. And inter- interesting, Danny mentioned Conte in the, the press the other day saying that um, he, I, I didn't get the impression at all that he was that he was going to leave. He said he's he's only good for 20 games at the moment. And we think there's a problem. We've got to speak to the medical staff about why that is, because he gets into a very good rhythm. He's not playing as well as he could. He then get, plays five games, gets into a very good rhythm, is starting to play very well, gets injured again. We have to stop that. And I didn't think that was the, the kind of um, news about somebody who is about to leave the club. I got the fact that he was saying he's essential and the fulcrum of midfield, but he has to play... As practically every game of the season. He basically said he's our one world-class player, which is what we've been saying forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's right. He's right, he's right. Well, well I think um, Rhys James is coming into that. Not, he's not world. there yet, though. No, he's not, but he's or, still... Nor is Mount. Silver is. No, I'd, I'd no, call yeah. silver oh, world-class. Hey. Oh, well, absolutely agree. Phenomenal. JK, yeah. that's a, a beautiful and brilliant... This is, this, is, you see, this is the other thing, you know, because this is what we're talking about here. We're talking about Tuchel building and blending a team together. And this is what's happened with me and J.K. We've been working so long together that we segue for fun, don't we, mate? We, we do. Absolutely. I don't even know what we we're segueing. We don't even realise or know we what don't we're segueing. Well, you don't. Well, you do. But yeah, because I was about to talk about Mason Mount uh, yeah. winning the Player of the Year uh, award, which I think is just joyous to behold. He's run it two, uh, two times in a row. Not many players at Chelsea have ever done that. Um I mean, hands up. I'll be honest about it. I think we all voted for silver. I know I did. I think most of you boys are doing the same. Uh, and with good reason, because I think he's been absolutely outstanding this season. And it's been a, JK said it many a time on the show, it's been an absolute privilege and an honour to watch somebody like that play for Chelsea. And we've watched a lot of football and a lot of great players. So Silver got my vote. But, I mean, Mason Mount getting it, I think it's just joyous because um, I, I, I cannot tell you how much I love this kid. I think he's, I mean, I, I, mean, I, was, I was talking to Clayton or Tony, I can't remember who now in the pub but I, I i would have him i would have him as chelsea's next captain i mean I, if dave goes i'd give it to silver next year but uh i'd give it to to, to mason mount in the longer term rather than reese who is the other option i think because i think mouse mason mount's got is far more engaging as a personality and a communicator but he's a phenomenal player and the best thing of all boys just think of the meltdown it gave all of those wankers those incels on twitter who have been running and waging a war of a campaign against Mason Mount all season? What you know? What does it say to them? All, all the fans that vote, all the fa- all the all the supporters, should I say, clearly voting for Mason Mount? Uh, and uh, fuck all difference does Twitter make? So there you go. Who wants to come back on my little rant there? Well, I think most people on Twitter wouldn't know a decent football if they came and slapped him in the face. No, I agree. And hopefully they'll go fuck off and support Man City by next season. 
yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, you know, there's probably one, uh, there was a bit of this going on on Twitter today when I had the rare opportunity of having a look. Um, I was just kind of thinking, actually, if, 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 if you want to change the supporter base, uh, and which has become incredibly toxic on social media, and of course you can argue to the cows come home about how seriously one takes that. I would argue you shouldn't take it too seriously. But if we were to get rid of Jorginho... You would you would get rid of the problem, I think, in many respects. And if you got rid of Pulisic too, you would also get rid of a lot of the problem because, as, you know, as, as we all know, Dane can talk far more effusively about this than me. But because Pulisic is such a standard bearer for American football, he's attracted a lot of you know player supporters, not team supporters. And uh, you know, Jorginho was, was is the son of Sarri. That attracted a lot of weird supporters. Get rid of Jorginho and Pulisic. I think you get rid of the problem, Dane. It's funny because, you know, sometimes we are we are really harsh on what you call as the franchise supporters. You know, it's known a lot in NBA, uh, especially with, with, with the top players. If they if they get traded to a new team, you know, then they'll go and support that new team without even thinking about their, their previous team. It's funny, though, but as I said, sometimes it is it's quite harsh. I was I was listening to, to, to an interview on the radio earlier. I can't remember it was. It was an, an Irish actor. And he was saying, oh, he fell in love with Leeds because of uh, Johnny Giles, an Irish player. And I thought, that's just the same as someone else falling in love with Chelsea because of... Dane, I fell in love with Chelsea because of Ray Wilkins. Well, But then I was 12 years old. Yeah, it is. It is hard. You know, I've I've obviously due to my due to my links and and affection and and, and family connections, I always wanted, you know, an an, an American player. But I soon realised after a couple of weeks that it was probably, you know, better devil you know and and don't always uh, bank on what you wish for uh it, it, it you soon saw what we was just talking about regarding mason on twitter but you you've really not got to take twitter seriously you know as as we said with, with mason you know i i voted for tiago silva but i've got no problem with mason being i think i think he had a slow start a really good end, uh, probably really good end of the season, probably the third of the last third of the season. I thought he was outstanding. And what these idiots don't get is, you know, Tuchel is the manager. We can all, we can debate no matter what, but the reason he's in that team is because out of all those players in, 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 in the front, in the front, uh, you know, you've got to look at the things. It's not all about assists and goals. It's the screen and it's the positioning. It's the closing down pressure you know, pressing, energy, enthusiasm, you know, his tactical awareness, he's in that because of all those qualities which he's got. And he does it so well. That's why Tuchel will always pick him and always stand behind him. And when the assists and goals come, like they have done in, in the final third of the season, literally just making him the complete all-round player. And I love and And I'm right, you know, makes me laugh, you know, you know as I said, with Mason and, and Pulisic, when these players scored, what do they do? Just like cross their arms and get the ump. But... Regarding Mason, you know, he's taken his game on in, in the last part of the season to, to another level. And, you know, we absolutely adore him. We, the thing is, we don't we do not do it. We don't support him despite back of those idiots on Twitter. We obviously see things that they don't, unfortunately, as as the old saying is. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's. Uh, I mean, here's the thing, boys. Um, every single football, you know, ex-footballer and serious football pundit rates Mason Mount incredibly highly. Um, I mean, we'll talk about this uh, in a, in a minute, but you know, he's played more. You know, he's played fifty four games this season. That's more than anybody. No, actually, I, I lie. Antonio Rudiger's played the most games, which I think is another issue entirely, isn't it? When you think he's going, how much that Tuchel's relied on him this year? But Mason Mount has played. 
a total of 41 games this year, which makes him third behind Mendy. Mendy played 49. Uh, Mount and Silva have both played, and, and Aspilicueta have both played 41. Uh, and uh, Silva has played, yeah, sorry, yeah, that, yeah, and uh, Jorginho has played 40. So he's he's effectively one of the first names on the t- uh, team sheet. He's, he's made no sub appearances, so he's never on, he's, he's either playing or he's being rested, basically. So, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. So how come all of these experts in the game, people who know the game even better than we do, they all think he's a brilliant player, and some fuckwit behind a keyboard in God knows where doesn't. I mean, I think it says it says it all, really, doesn't it? Um, can I just read you some of these? I nicked this off Alex Goldberg, so it will, it will delight me to, to read this out. Um, these are these are sorry, Alex. I did nick it off you, but at least I actually credited you. Normally, I forget who I nicked it off. So, and I hope so you're... So just called Alex Goldberg. You mean Alex Churchill? What? You just called Alex Goldberg. You mean Alex Churchill? No, I meant Alex Goldberg. Oh, I thought, sorry, sorry, my mistake. I'll shut up. You made me really confused then. Anyway, yeah, I hope you're all right, Alex. Anyway, uh, both both Alex's for that matter. This is his 21-22 Chelsea Premier League uh, kind of rankings, okay? So I think this is for Chelsea players and only in the Premier League. He's first for goals. He's first for assists. He's first for goals and assists per 90 minutes. He's first for shots on target. He's first for big chances created. He's first for chances created. He's first for passes into the penalty area. He's first for shot creating actions. He's first for goal creating actions. And he's first for carries into the final third. Now, you know me, I'm not a lover of statistics per se, but that tells me something. It tells me that he's basically Chelsea's best fucking player. So which bit of this do they not understand? Anyway, my rant over. Unless anybody wants to comment, I've got something to talk about, which has got more stats about it. But before I do, I want to talk about this banner, um, which I'm sure you all saw at the, uh, um, you know, the uh, the um, what do I talk about? The shed end, um, which I think was without doubt organised by our chums on on We Are the Shed. Um, and actually, I found out a little bit more about it because uh, the guy who 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 made it? I didn't realise this because I've, I've not spoken to um, Richard for a while, so I'm not entirely sure. But it, it was done by a guy called Phil Galloway, um, who is an artist and an illustrator, and he's done lots of very serious professional work. Um, but he he put up a post on Twitter that I just happened to see, um, which kind of explained uh, you know what he was doing. But I, I don't know about you lot, but I, I have to say I think that's the most amazing banner I have ever seen at Chelsea I mean if you see the the big I've got it I mean you've got it in the script and I'm kind of trying to make it bigger size so I can see all the things that are in it because obviously it was it was fairly fairly visible from where I was but not hugely but it's basically picked up on anything iconic and important in terms of the history of Chelsea and the supporters kind of culture of Chelsea and before you ask apparently there's a different version of this which has got Mourinho in there too, because a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, it's Miss Mourinho out. But I mean, if it's got Matthew Harding, it's got uh, Roy Bentley, it's got Mickey Greenaway, it's got Charlie Cook, Madness, uh, Canners, Jody doing the trombone, Dennis Wise, Fatty Falks, Zola, Pat Nevin, it's got sticks of celery flying in all over the place, it's got the old badge, it's got park things like park life and slogans that we know it's got banners there like the 10 men went to mo chelsea our religion i mean it's just utterly 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 astonishing i don't know what you think i love it 
absolutely think it's just one of the best things I've ever seen. It's almost you want it on one of the walls outside the stadium somewhere. Yeah, you know, it needs to go. It needs to be on permanent display somewhere, like on on the back of the the space back of the shed somewhere. You know, similar to the anti-Semitism one by the um, the West Lower, have that on permanent display somewhere. Maybe take down some of the players in the background on the shed wall. It's just incredible. I mean, it's, it, it, brilliant, brilliant. It's all involved. Yeah. What's the policy, Dan? Do you know about the posters generally? Is it um, because the, the the number of posters that you know they appear and then the player leaves and that's the end of that? You know what? What? Well, not posters. I mean banners. I'm sorry. Should should they not be? Do they go to the museum? Is that where they end up? Is no, I think they're too big because most of these bands are massive. So they wouldn't be the museum. Sure, well, I, think, I think I'm not sure. I have to get we have to get Richard Weeks on or to find out what, what happens. Yeah, because the Tuchel, yeah. the Tuchel banner is completely enormous. Yeah, wonderful. I have to say, wonderful, but bloody hell, enormous. Now this this one isn't DJ on this banner as well. Yeah, it's only he? a pound. He's yeah, got yeah. Only, yeah. A, only a pound. Hurry yeah. up. And no, written written, written, written over Rude Hullet and Kerry Dixon. Oh wow! It's got Dave. Six. Marie, Sorry, Marie mate. Got... On this one. No, but the Phil. Yes. Well, I... zoom in. Yeah, well, you know the Liverpool way. When he, if you zoom in next to Ethan Hazard's right leg. Yeah. Okay. Where? Tell, give me a general. Is it north, east, south, or west? Uh, you know where Hazard is. Central, and he's sliding on his knees. Mourinho's touching yes. his right leg. Yeah, he's there. Not on the version that he put up on Twitter. No, but it's on the club thing. But just to, to the where it says our religion, just to combine religion. Yeah, but he's not. It's not on the version I've got, which is the one I oh, nicked okay. off Twitter. Oh, okay. But he did explain that because everybody was going and moaning about it, understandably. But it's just absolutely brilliant. And, and the greyhounds. Yeah, <laughs> and part life. You know, it's just it's, it's iconic. It is. It's, it just, as Dan said, it's it's absolutely amazing. Everyone should be so. Listen, they 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 they, they sometimes they do things in such short notice, and it's it's amazing everything they do. But they wow, they've just gone on to another level with this. This is absolutely outstanding, and I don't know how big how big that is. Obviously, size wise, and if it can be put anywhere, but it deserves to be because it looks fantastic. Well, absolutely I think Jonathan's idea about putting it, you know more visible at the stadium is a, is a must. Um, but, you know, Dan, I was just thinking back to what JK was saying about your meetings with the, or the trust meetings with the with the bidders. If yeah. they could have gone to them and say, do you want to know what Chelsea's about? It's this. And then yeah, walked off and then just fucking I, leave. You know, that's it. Job done. That's 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 Chelsea in a nutshell, in a mm. poster. That, that has to go somewhere. Even on the walls, you come into West End, along there somewhere. Just... Just, I love it. I mean, just, you, you know, look at anyone, anyone who's been to Chelsea. There's a bit of a nod to the history there, Chelsea, in that picture, where she has us going back in the days. It's just, I, I just, I just want to, when I, cause I actually made sure I got in there to see it. When I came out, I was like, wow. You know, you don't often get wowed by a banner, but wow. I mean, amazing to guys who did it, guys and girls that did it. I love it. Yeah. And that needs, that needs to be somewhere. And if the club, the new owners, want to really kind of get behind the culture of Chelsea and appreciate fans, which, I had a chat with somebody who's alluded to the fact that they really want to make the club much more supporter friendly and much more kind of, you know, just Chelsea. That needs to be somewhere that has to be on permanent display. Yeah, I wonder where if they could go down the route of the, uh, like a lot, a lot of the German teams do, where it's actually attached to the top of the uh, tier and it oh, obviously yeah. gets it just thrown down before the game, but then I don't know how, they, how long it would take yeah. them to get it back up. Again, I mean, maybe you, I mean the, the bit above the um, West Stand. Yes. 
Well, there's that, a, that, Dan, there's a, there's, a, there's a gangway at the right underneath the roof of the West Stand. Yeah. So you could do it from there. If, I mean, if you look above the shed where the hotel, uh, the, the flats are, yeah. there's a massive where maybe there, it could go there for a couple yeah. of years. Well, they've got that thing. wonderful Hugh Hastings picture of the shed that was taken yeah. in 1984 uh, at the Leeds game, which is just iconic. And I've got a copy of that, actually. And uh, they've got the Pride of London one, which has got Kerry in it. So, yeah. yeah, but you're right. You could remove those and put that there. But the trouble is not everybody sees that. You know, I don't see it from where I'm sitting, really. You see it if you're in the, in the Matthew Harding upper, but that's a, and maybe bits of the west and the east, but that's about it. But there yeah. you go. Did you like it, JK? What's that, the banner? Yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. You liked it. You did say you liked it, actually. I forget. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. I'm just spotting all the moments. That... You're you're in, you're in, you're absolutely in, in, embroiled in it, aren't you? I am. I am. See you looking into the middle of it. Yeah, I'm trying to work out if a couple of players appear to be there. I oh, know there's Dennis Wise at the back. Oh, good for him. Next to Jody. Yeah, next to Dave in the middle with the with the European trophy. Yeah. And there's Canners, and then there's Ashley Cole. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just spotting everybody, isn't it? Brilliant. brilliant. Um, I had a, I had a look at a couple of things that I really like a lot. One of them is the Bounder Friedale thing for the kind of final stats of the season. Um, you know, thinking back to to Mason Mount, what I just said about the stats there. Um, you know, it's interesting to see who played. You know, so many games. Rudiger fifty four. Christ on a bike, he'll be a miss. You know, he's been Tuchel's go to man. Uh, Silver played forty one. You could argue that's way too much. But it's really interesting is that there's a lot of there's a few players in the football plus Rudiger in the 40s, a couple in the 30s. But it's in, it was interesting to see how few games some players had played, actually. Uh, obviously, Rhys James played 31, but he was injured. Pulisic played 21 games. Werner, 24. Well, we all know why that is. Um, Jorginho played a lot. Alonso played a lot. Ziyech, 27. Lukaku, 29 games. What's the math for that, then? 29 into 97 million? What does that How's that work out, Dan? About three and a bit million on mute, mate. About three, oh, yeah. three, three million a pop, isn't it, basically? Yeah, yeah. almost three million a goal as well, probably. It's well. more than that, actually. It's nearly four million. Yeah, 20, yeah. 25 million is four. Right. Yeah, so yeah. 3.7 3. million a game. That's my boy. There you go. Forever the sales guy, your maths absolutely shits on my ability to count. That's my fan cost appearance fee as well. <laughs> If only that was true. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting when you look at the appearances. I mean, the one I was immediately drawn to, obviously, was was the goals. Um, And uh, total goals. Guess who's our leading goal scorer? Oh, that would be Romelu Lukaku. How did that happen? Uh, Next in line is Kai Havertz. Lukaku got 15. Havertz got 14. Mount got 13. And Werner got 11. However, if you go on Premier League goals... Uh, Mount is our leading goal scorer with 11, followed by Lukaku and Havertz with eight each and Werner with four. But what I can say with absolute certainty, if you look down that list of goal score, whether it be total or Premier League, is that bar Mount, I would say Mount as really an attacking midfielder, that's about par. 13 goals a season, over 10 in the Premier League. But Havertz, Lukaku and Werner, purportedly strikers, you know, to get eight and eight and four goals in the Premier League, it's just not good enough at all. I mean, you know, Lukaku's numbers of 15 would be okay. I mean, Tammy got, I think, 15, maybe more than that. This is a 97 million quid striker. Werner, 11, pathetic. I'm not impressed with, with Kai getting 14 and all, but, you know, maybe he's not really a striker. Who knows? They're very, very revealing, I think, 
you know, the goals scored in terms of the league, the FA Cup, the League Cup, the Euro- European competition, so on and so forth. It really is. But it tells you, in a way, where the problems have been all season, JK, of course. Well, it's getting the ball in the net, isn't it? Yep. I mean, you know, I mean, Kovacic, for all his excellence, um, scores the odd volley against Liverpool, but most, most of the odd... What goal did he score last year in the in the Champions League? It was really excellent. Um, was it against Atletico? But, yeah, uh, I can remember. Yeah. It was a great goal, yeah. actually. Great goal, great goal. But other, you know, other, he doesn't shoot enough. I mean, I, once again, we, it's that business of of if you do shoot and the ball, you waste the opportunity. I think um, it's not it's it's frowned upon by the the coaching authorities because it's that business of losing possession. I don't think they've told Ziyech that. <laughs> well, anyway. Hey, Hats off to Ziyech for having a go. Suddenly we have a mad player amongst us who sees the goal and shoots on sight. And frequently, of course, it bounces up the other end and the the opponents will run after it. And then you're very pleased that Rudiger is the the fastest player in the league. But uh, we're not going to have him next year, uh, obviously. Um, So they have to find somebody. And Dave is not the the fastest player in the league anymore. Um, So that's going to be an interesting one. who was uh, who was the the the, uh, the youth who was really I mean Matson is back isn't he and he was unbelievably quick as a fullback so I think he may have something to do next year because his speed was phenomenal in those few games he played under Frank um, but um, yeah I, I'm 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 um, if you've got two midfielders who can who just don't who cannot shoot. Well, JK, are... JK, just to interrupt here because I got yeah. I've got some the other thing the other uh, thing I found which is actually the. BBC's top scorers stroke assisters chart. So if you say, which I'm sure you would agree with, that our midfield players are basically Jorginho, Kovacic, Conte, Loftus-Cheek and Niguez in the main. I've, I've excluded yeah, Barkley. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kovacic, this is goals and assists. Kovacic, two goals, six assists. Kante, two goals, five assists. Cheek, one goal, four assists. This is across all competitions, by the way. Yeah, Niguez yeah. or Saul, one goal, zero assists. That yeah. is pathetic for Awful. a midfield. Pathetic. But also, also Havertz's goal tally is dreadful. So I did say know, that. I did say that. I know you did earlier, but in particular. But I'm just. Um, I'm if you say he's a complete striker, but just to go on the assists again, he, you know, he's only had four assists this season. Yeah, uh, so. Lukaku zero assists. Werner six assists. Pulisic eight goals, four assists. Ziyech seven goals, six assists. You know, not fucking good enough, mate. No, it's not good for the money was paid for them and also their reputations. I mean, I've been watching a bit of um, Ziyech just be phenomenal for Ajax, just nutmegging and beating players and spinning and shooting from wherever. So whether it's because, you know, the, the um, what do they call it? Eurodiv- what do they call it? Eurodivisia. Yeah, yeah, Divisia. Whether that's, once again, a standard of... of um, uh, several levels below us, and that's why in the Premier League he doesn't feel able to to display any of this great skill because um, he gets he, tackled. He gets tackled very quickly. That may be the problem. That's why at the moment. But I'd rather I'm pleased. The last few games he comes in, he has sees the goal as a as a poke. The problem is if if it's just a kind of stab or it goes several yards wide, you're thinking, well, that's a shame, but he's had a go. But, you know, when he does score, it, it's immaculate. What you want him to do is do what Robin did regularly, which is every time he got that ball onto the left foot and cut in from the right-hand side, he would score. You know, so it became a really potent 
um, means of winning a game out of nothing. Uh, and that was one of the great skills of Robin, which he then duplicated for Bayern, of course. Yeah, definitely. I think what it says to me, Dane, which is something I think we felt all season, you know, this is not just a question of strikers' inability to put the ball in the back of the net, serious and real though that may be. It tells you that we've got an issue in midfield too, with not enough creative players, not enough players who are capable of scoring goals or assisting. I mean, you take, you take. I mean, Jorginho's stats. If you, you know, I, I mean, you could t- take him out of the goal stats because his nine goals are all penalties. He's he's only had four assists. Now, okay, you could throw back to me. He said, "Yeah, well, they've given them assists, or they're giving them assists all the time, but they can't fucking put the ball in the net." I seriously think it's a problem with both the midfield and the, and the attack, and I think the stats bear that out. Yeah, there's definitely an imbalance there, isn't there? Uh, it's funny because you look, I don't know how much you take into consideration the, the times that they come on a sub. You know, Lukaku, eight goals in 16, that's one in two. Mount's got a great record, that's less than one in three. Obviously not including, obviously the subs role, you know, take the average up slightly. Werner, less than one in three. Havertz nearly one into. Yeah, it, there's an imbalance, but we've seen it all season, you know, the inconsistency of the forwards, you know. The one thing, uh, the, the consistency we saw was Mount playing in, in, in a position, but whether it was Ziyech, Lukaku, Havertz, Werner, Pulisic, Callum, who sort of I haven't seen a lot of recently, none of them, all been given a chance, none of them, you know, cemented that place and, re- and really stood up. Uh, it, it, it's a tough one. I have always said Tuchel will give you a chance. He will yeah. give you a chance. And you can see that by, you know, the, the amount of games and being the same. But we've been saying for a while, you know, he, Tuchel came came in, looked at it, sat down. and probably think, like, this is the formation I'm going to have to come up with to make these this team play, play better. And it worked because we won the Champions League. We won what, two trophies earlier on in the season. And, you know, we got to two cup finals as well. This year, and I harshly lost, harshly lost both on penalties. You know, so it shows his capabilities as a manager, and it'd just be so interesting to see, you know, with a with a blank piece of paper and and, and some of his own signings, what what he comes up with. I just, yeah. I was, I was going to say earlier, I wonder if we will overpay because we're so many months. I believe we're months behind. I wonder if there'll be any panic buys. Hopefully not, or if we'll overpay because you know we we all know how good Marina is being such a great negotiator, but. We might have to overpay to get some targets. Well, Chelsea has been having to overpay for a long time, of course, but of course we sh- we shall see. I mean, in the final analysis, Dan, we're third, uh, 121 games, which I think, given that Arsenal and Tottenham both won 22, really pisses me off that we only won 21. Uh, we only lost six. Uh, you know, we're the only team apart from Man City and Liverpool who have you know, single figure losses, uh, City lost three, Liverpool lost two. It was the draws that did for us. We got 11 draws, you know, you turn, you turn, you know, five of those draws, which you could easily do, I think, into wins. And we are there or thereabouts because we've ended up being, you know, on 74 points, which is 19 points behind uh, City, 18 behind Liverpool. So we've ended up the same amount of points behind City, uh, but one position better. But Liverpool, we were much closer to Liverpool and United last season than yeah. we are to Liverpool this season. So I'm just thinking, you know, what, what Dane was saying then, you know, margins, isn't it? You know, yeah. we, we, we lost two finals, two cup finals on the smallest of margins. We win those two cup finals and everybody's saying, what an amazing season. One yeah. of the best ever. Club World even Cup. One, even one victory, yeah. I think. Yeah. But it could have been two. Oh, oh. Could have been two cups yeah. as well as the Club Cup, uh, World Cup, and the and the Super Cup. 
Yeah. Listen, football's all about fine margins. You think, you know, Danny Welbeck not got that last minute cries for Brighton. That's three points already there. You know, just some really silly goals. Brentford 4-1, that aberration on that day. There's so many ifs, buts and maybes. I think the point is, you know, we just, we need to be much more aggressive we need some proper shit houses in this team. We're too nice. And we we're just, too we nice. just lost our only one. Yeah, mm. we're too nice. We're not aggressive. We're too nice a team. I think Graham Souness once called Arsenal a team with son-in-laws, and that's kind of like what we're like. We just need just some shit houses in the team to do it. You know, mm. just be a bit more aggressive. Learn how to finish as well. Christ, if we can actually score goals. We'd be dangerous. Yeah, no, no. Actually, we still ended up with seventy-one goals. So we did, you know, two seventy-six. So in, 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 the, in, the, in the Premier League, 76. Yeah, so two averaging two goals a game. So, you know, well, our defensive record is quite good. We just, just never, we never put teams to bed. Southampton apart, when we absolutely tore them, that's what we, that this team is capable of doing. That's Southampton six in a way. We're absolutely phenomenal for that match. Absolutely destroyed them. That's what we can do. But we need, we need some shit houses. We need Tuchel to get some players who's got square pegs, yeah. square holes. That's what we need, not Timmy Groundhouse. Evidence of YouTube, Kunde is quite a character. Yeah, I like, I like him. Apparently, he's in London today as well, apparently. Somebody's all over Twitter, he's in London today. You know, could be on holiday, could be going to sign for Chelsea. <laughs> Who knows? Listen, we're not, we're not far away from being from challenging. We're not. I tell you what's interesting, Dan, looking at the league table, we're, we scored 76 goals, uh, Liverpool 94, City 99. So they are as head of us by goals scored as they are by points which is a kind of a weird yeah. well, weird symmetry averaging three goals a game pretty much aren't yeah. they which is what you need to be doing I, I, listen we've got a fantastic manager we've got some very good players we're not far away maybe not this year maybe the year after but we're not far away no, we're we've not. got we've got some clarity with the ownership so I, I listen it's Chelsea we'll, it we'll, 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 we do this that's what we do it's in our DNA the last 20 years that's not going to change we will win stuff no I, I'm with you on that and uh, uh, you know we're not far away uh, there, and we're not far away from the end of the show. We've got one more part uh, where JK and I get to uh, read out some absolutely stunning emails, I have to say, this week. We'll be back in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, mine host, aided and abetted by Mr. Jonathan Kidd. What's the uh, the German for um, your host? Your For your hostess? I can't no, no, remember. Dumpkoff. <laughs> <laughs> rat house i always used to remember rat house in german town hall rat house uh, i don't know i can't remember my german do do isn't it do best you are i don't know what you're i can't remember mate mate anyway thank but thank you very much lovely to be on the show you can't ask me shit like that at 10 to 9 on a monday evening i'm fried i'm sorry your brain's frazzled yeah yeah, yeah. But uh, yes yeah, good to see you buddy um i mean it has been all year i mean as i said i said to you on 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 uh on yesterday, wasn't it? Because it was yesterday in the pub. I said, it's just an absolute delight to see your little face twice a week. Thank you very much. It is, it is, I'm it is, working it is. on my little face. Yeah, it's a very, very pleasurable experience for me. Uh, I've also, we've also got the absolutely wonderful uh, Dan Silver. 
Good evening, always great to be here. Yeah, good to see you yesterday. And uh, one person I didn't see yesterday, which is a great shame, uh, because he was drinking in a pub where we, all, we always used to go, funnily enough, uh, Dane, until they uh, until they decided they didn't like us anymore and shut the garden. Oh, horrible but, lot. So he up sticks and went off to the... I think it, we went to the cock, didn't we, after the rose? Or did we go via the hand and flower? Timber Arms, wasn't it, for a bit as Oh, well? we went to the Finbar Saunders, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It was a bit far away, though, Finbar, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit of a trek, wasn't it? Mind you, the cock's a bit of a trek, but not too bad. Dane, great to see you too, mate. Always good to see you. Yeah, but well, my, my choice would always be the butcher's hook because I had my very first pint when I was 14 in there. Mm. But obviously you can't get anywhere near there on a match day. So uh, well, It wasn't called the butcher's hook then, though, was it? No. Rising no, it Sun? Wasn't. No, it was, a, it was an intermediary name. I can't Stanford. remember. The Stanford, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's when I first started going in there back yeah. in the day when I used to live in the manor. Right, we got loads of emails, JK, and they're all humdingers. Do you want to kick it all off? I would like to kick it all off, if that is okay. Is that, your, not, is that your Tommy's Tuchel accent? No, it's just a sort of generic German. I don't know who it is. I don't know. It's slightly, it's slightly female, actually, if you must know. Uh, it's from Charles Rose. More, more, like, more like transgender, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hello, Sailor. Very Berlin. Yes, very Berlin. <laughs> yeah, very um, cabaret. Yes. Charles Rose, who I had the pleasure of meeting. Charles, and you were charming. Thank you so much for your lovely words about the fan bite. I really appreciated it. And um, everybody else who's commented, I can't tell you how much it it means to me. It's fantastic. Thank you so much. Really love it. After all Uh, this time, he's finally famous, people. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Pickin, nothing. Minder, nothing. (laughs) You know. Sam Kidd's son, nothing. Now he does the fan bite. Everybody knows who he is. No, the only thing that went... When I've shuffled off this mortal coil, it'll be known for Pipkins. You know it. I will. do. I do. I you do know, know that is the world we inhabit. I know. I know. Known for Hartley Hair. Yeah. Anyway, um, morning, Chidge from Charles. Just a few thoughts on Saturday. I love the preview pod, and particularly Tony Evans, whose analysis was as rational as you would expect and entertaining as well. I know somewhat conflicted after seeing his post-match tweets supporting the booing of our national anthem. Yes. I think he was in between a rock and a hard place, to be fair to him, because he didn't want to be seen to be... Uh, Anti-Scouse. Being anti-Scouse, absolutely, being a major Scouser. Now, I'm aware I may not be of the views of some in your pod, are the Royals, but the toxicity toxicity around the game is only going in one way. If they do that, then why can't we desecrate their rightful homage to their cause celeb? If they set off paros around our team coach, then what next? That didn't happen, by the way, but you get the idea. We, of course, are far from innocent. The mindless murderers chant and the sign-on song both belong well behind us. Respect may be an old-fashioned virtue, but it's sorely needed back. Talking of which, did you see the pick of Henderson, not my favourite, consoling Mason? We mentioned that. Mm. That deserves some praise. As to the match, we had the chances, but didn't take them. Going toe-to-toe is all well and good, but that will be well forgotten by next week. As you said, we need a tuchel, a tuchel reset best. Charles, yes, yes. Um, uh, yeah, Hend- we talked about Henderson, didn't we? About we his did. being. Um, uh, um, I thought it was a great moment, and my, I, I think completely differently of Henderson as a consequence of that. So good on him. Remember their England colleagues. Yeah, absolutely. As in the same way, it was good to see. Um, 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 Alonso seems to always chat to every Spanish player and every opposition in every opposition side, which <laughs> makes sense, of course. He, they, they, Who'd they have thought it? it? Who'd have thought it, eh? Yeah, how about that? Um, 
<laughs> if he spoke to every Croatian player, you'd think, what's going on? I know you um, <laughs> um, yeah, nice, nice letter, Charles. Nice mail. Lovely. Yeah, always lovely. Agree. Completely. Yeah. Lovely to hear from Charles, um, who I haven't seen for ages, actually, but uh, I hope you well, mate. Uh, right, this is from Michael Gibbon. Good evening, Chidge, JK, and esteemed guests. Sad to say I was sort of expecting that. God, I hate the Liverpool love-in so much. It's not actually the club. It's the fan base and the media cabal that's around them. If only all the fans were like that Tony fellow you had on for the Opposition View last week. Tony's getting a lot of love, isn't he, JK? Yeah. Um, Chidge, you mentioned about gaslighting, and that's absolutely the right word to use. When Pep pointed out uh, it seemed like the whole country wanted uh, Liverpool to win the quadruple, he very obviously didn't mean every single person, but that's how it was reframed to make it look like a ridiculous statement. He was talking about the pro-Liverpool media, or to put it another way, the media. It's very distressing to me that we have to rely on Manchester City and Real Madrid to save us from an endless media circle jerk about the best team in history, because uh, frankly they are not. A ridiculously easy Champions League draw and, and winning... Cup, winning and in quotation marks cup finals without actually beating the opposition team mean that they are in a tremendous position right now to harp on about this for the next 20 years okay that part's over let's talk about Chelsea the winning mentality we used to display is long gone this is not about the players we've got they're all very talented and not one amongst them is okay with finishing second this is not about the coach we've got he's got this team playing in such a way that a cobbled together mess can win cups and get to finals and he's not okay with finishing second like our striker problem, which seems to happen to lots of players and lots of eras under many different coaches, this is now a question of culture. Terry, Lampard, Drogba and Czech were all, let's be frank, or as Jonathan would say, let's be super frank, indoctrinated by Jose Mourinho. For better or for worse, that man can implement a winning mentality. Clearly, that is no longer enough in the modern game for the very top coaches. But it's no coincidence that Roma are in the Europa Little League final. Tuchel's got the brains and the tactical nails to win at the highest level. He knows what he's doing there, weird substitutions aside, but what he needs to do is set up a mentality at the club in order to be successful, much like Klopp has done of Liverpool. Tuchel's definitely intelligent enough to recognise this and he's definitely skilled enough at communication to do so, so I trust in him to do so. The only thing I want to see for the rest of the season is heavy rotation, give Hall and Vale a game, give Youth I wouldn't even recognise a game, let Barkley actually do a thing for once, let, oh. Ke- let Kennedy out. God, he was very prescient, wasn't he? Let very. Kennedy out of whichever dungeon he's being kept in and give the guy some air. All we need is a draw from these last two games to finish third. Those guys can give it to us. We should take advantage of this season petering out and begin the build for the future already. Because although the week after a cup final is pretty bleak, the future may well be looking up. As ever, keep the blue flag flying high, Michael Gibbon. Well, Michael, as I just said, astonishing insight there because I know you wrote that before uh, both the Leicester and the Watford game. And you, you mentioned Barkley and Kennedy, both of whom uh, had game time on Sunday. Amazing. Uh, next one, JK. Chris Castley. Gents and lady, Alex. Not with us, I'm afraid, Chris. Not here today. We've got uh, Dane and Dan. Apologies for the length. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Uh, no picture enclosed. Oh, well. Um, as we're now at the end of the season, I'm almost over Wembley and losing to the Mickey Mouses. I wanted to take the chance to thank you all. Thank you all on the Chelsea Fancast for the work and effort this year. In what has clearly been one of the weirdest, maddest seasons ever. August now seems like a lifetime ago in the opening day of the Crystal Palace match. 
Yet that in itself was a wonderfully weird day, a full Stamford Bridge, a baking hot day, seeing people you've not seen for 18 months before a glimpse of how the season might have played out with a superb performance by the team. It was a pleasure being hugged by Ian Roger, who sits right behind me on the shed upper. If nothing else, we've seen a season's worth of drama take place, often in the space of weeks, as far as the club and its supporters are concerned, not in any way wishing to compare the horrendous, senseless war taking place in Ukraine to what has happened to us as a club. However, there have been moments when I feared for our future and what might happen. Only Chelsea could start the season as European champions, win the Super Cup, the Club World Cup, get to and lose yet another FA Cup final, as well as become the only club to ever be sanctioned by the government. What doesn't kill you will make you stronger. This year, we've seen that in abundance. Wrapping on our historic ability to pay a lot of money for a striker, only to see him flop. And I think we've ticked all the boxes of Chelsea bingo. I also got to meet an albeit crestfallen Terry Komatsu after the final. We all know Tommy Tuchel is a special, brilliant manager who we need to keep in the years ahead. However, special mention to both Rhys James and Mason Mount. I'll never know what it's like to play in an FA Cup final, let alone lose three in successive years. We can debate the outcome of each of those till we're blue in the face, pun intended. However, to the wider fan base, especially the idiots on Twitter, we need to wrap an arm around these players, their young and special talents. Let's nurture them and let them develop without too much pressure on their shoulders. Success will come, but be patient. This year has seen a host of anniversaries, with it being 25 years since the FA Cup win in 1997, and 10 years, of course, since Munich. As we move into a new era under Ted Bowley, it's a chance to build on the success. Todd Bowley, I'm so sorry. It's a chance to build on the success. And I prefer Ted, actually. No, no, Todd. It's a chance to build on the success and development of this club, respecting our history and traditions, but also writing new chapters. Christ, I sound like a scouser. <laughs> Finally, special mention to everyone I met at the sleep out in March. A great, albeit freezing night at the bridge. Great to meet Mark Meehan, Chelsea Chadder, the brilliant Johnny Silito, as well as Disco Debs and DJ Blue Blood, Cliff Auger and the brilliant Tim Rolls, amongst a host of others. Tim, all, I'm, Tim always introduces me to people as, this is Chris, his dad met Tommy Doherty. <laughs> the evening showed that even in adversity, the Chelsea fan base can come together and do our bit for those in need and less fortunate. I look forward to the next one. Onwards, up the Chelsea. Chris Castley, shed up a season ticket holder. Thank you, Chris. Fine, fine mail. Thank you. Lovely. Wasn't, lovely, lovely. wasn't it just, I mean, it's a brilliant email, Chris. Absolutely lovely. And I, and I like, you know, our little kind of chats on, on Twitter occasionally. I had no idea you knew Ian or you sat in front of Ian. Ian's one of my favourite people at Chelsea. Um, I, I really enjoyed getting to know Ian when I was on, when we first started the Chelsea Sports Trust, actually. And he's a fine, fine man with a, with a razor sharp wit and a fine sense of humour. I think, you you know, that point you make at the end, mentioning all the people that you met at the sleep out, and I'm really sorry I, I wasn't there in person, but I, I now live in Winchester, and they've kind of liked me doing my fireside routine with the old tales and the sheds. So I'm kind of, it looks like I'm, I'm doomed to be here on my Todd, no pun intended. Um, but that thing you mentioned there about the people, you know, all of them I know, I know really, really well, and... You know, that, that's kind of what I was saying at the beginning of the show, really, wasn't it, uh, boys? You know, that it, it, it's Chelsea is, is much more than 90 minutes of football on, on a pitch, Dan, Dane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, the time I've spent with, 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 with you guys, whether it be 
brief view usage or just when, when JK's, you know, popped up or with, with Dan, you know, personally, or, you know, Brian Wolf, you know, we had that nice time. Was it September time when we was all in the Atlas? That's the last time I think I've been together with. And then obviously previously when we was all in the pensioner together. Yeah. These times are, you know, are so nice and it's, it's so nice to, to spend time, you know, socializing with people who get Chelsea and, and we, we can all say we can, lost count of the amount of times that we won't let the 90 minutes of football ruin a, a good day out yeah damn right uh dan is nodding in profuse agreement so there you go i totally agree with everything yeah absolutely right this is from james dare dear chidge jk and prized guests prized they are indeed i've just signed up to become a patreon for your fantastic show and wanted to send in a quick message like a lot of fans when super frank was dismissed i was absolutely gutted I'd fallen for the idea of building a dynasty full of homegrown talent and the way that Chelsea booted Frank out the door was awful to see. It was at this time that I discovered your show and I was in awe listening. Your knowledge and expertise of all things Chelsea helped me to get through that period and come out the other end more Chelsea than ever. Although I did make the same vow as you not to fall in love with another manager, but crikey, Tommy Tuchel is something special. If I caught him in bed with my wife, I think I'd just tuck him in. (laughs) That's brilliant. (laughs) So would I, mate. And say good luck. Uh, anyway, I look forward to your shows every week. So thank you for everything you do for the Fancast and the Supporters Trust too. I haven't been able to get to the bridge as much since COVID and the sanctions. Yeah, neither have I, James. I've had the same problem this year. However, when fans uh, were first allowed back to the games after lockdown, there was a charity auction where someone with season tickets listed two tickets to the game of their choice. Chelsea were flying, and I thought the lump up my throat would get 30 goals. Oh, yeah, the lump up front, sorry, not in his throat, would get 30 goals this season easily. So I bid for the tickets and won and selected Sunday's game against Watford as the match, thinking this could be my chance to see Chelsea lift the Premier League trophy. What a penis. Now, with Kai possibly ruled out with injury, I've got to go and watch that bag of shite up front wave his arms about like the world's against him. But you never know. We may be able to bounce the ball off him for a goal. Either way, I can't wait to get back to the bridge. Up the Chelsea, James. Well, James, you, you got to see Kai play and score a goal and nearly score another two or three more and you didn't get to see the lump at all. So your day was a good day. I'm sorry we didn't see you in one of the pubs uh, beforehand, but, uh, I mean, thank you again, for the incredibly kind words about the show and, and, and me and all of that stuff. It's lovely to hear. And hopefully uh, we'll get to meet you for a beer at some time in the future. But more important, thank you. Actually, I, I might as well get this uh, done and dusted now. Uh, but thank you for uh, mentioning the Patreon that you've joined. And I did notice that. And I'm, I'm a bit behind on my replies to the people in Patreon. We've had quite a few people join in the last couple of weeks, which have been rather busy. But I will endeavour now the season's out of the way to get back to you, say thank you. And of course, more important, send you a link to the discord group which of course you get for joining uh, the patreon page and also uh, get your address if you want to have a, Di- a kerry dixon banner so on that point and and thank you everybody for joining patreon i mean i just love it that you do this it's really really sweet really love it really appreciate it um and if you do become a chess fan patreon it helps us to cover the cost of running two shows a week and continue to produce what we believe is a unique podcast on all things chelsea so feel free to donate whatever you want per show per month it's actually per month, it's not per show. But uh, uh, if you do that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. As I said, you'll get a Kerry Dixon banner if you want one, and you'll get the link to uh, our Discord group if you want that too. But brilliant email, James. Thank you. JK. Philip Kenley. Our, our, fan- our mate, Philip, who's who, perhaps our most profuse emailer of indeed. the season. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. He, he would get the prize he for, would. Uh, for uh, uh, email profuseness. He would. 
profusity. That's kind Profu- of an AVB ab- abomination of an English word, isn't it? Yeah. Profusity. Yeah. Profusity. Profuse. <laughs> profuse fundity. I think it's profusiveness, isn't it? Moving swiftly on. <laughs> um, dearest fan cast team, isn't that lovely? What a lovely way to start. It is dearest. lovely. I'm just going to linger on that for a couple of seconds. Okay. Dearest <laughs> fan cast team, Philip, thank you. I mainly. Oh, mainly wanted you to send my sincerest thank you. Mainly. What do you mean? There's an element of doubt somewhere else. Mainly? or Anyway, I mainly wanted to send you my sincerest thank you for being by my side through the last couple of tumultuous years. Oh, it's always a pleasure to listen to you all after a good result. But maybe for me, your true value is being there for me after a disappointment where you fill the role of therapist. And I may say, who better to be a therapist or... Um, the rapist, no, sorry, the therapist. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> then Chidge. <laughs> Thank you, I think. No, no, I just misread the word. These are the times when no other podcast will do, as you all will be the only folk, folk, lovely word, I can bear to listen to. Philip, thank you so much. Oh, there's more. I, though, I thought I might offer a few end-of-season thoughts, you've said thought twice there, I'm disappointed, and comments to hopefully amuse and maybe even provoke some discussion, okay? So third place, almost two points per game, two cup finals, and the little matter of a European Super Cup and a World Club Championship. That must make it one of our best seasons in our history, certainly in the top 10. Shame it feels so shit then. Let's face it, we can talk about these positives until we're blue in the face, but we can't fool ourselves. This season has ultimately been such a disappointment. We should have known though, the signs were all there. There was the huge overpayment on a striker that would fix all our problems. A striker that had not made his mark with us in a previous incarnation. A striker that had not set the world alight at Man U. We've seen that one before a few times. This really is a Chelsea speciality. Only we can spend a club record fee to fix a problem and then end up making things worse. Maybe this will be one positive of getting a sensible, unemotional, grown-up, business-oriented, orientated, I'm sorry, US owner that would not go near a signing like that. Chidge, you've been admirable in being able to resist the temptation to say you always thought he was overrated. But then, like the rest of us, you bought into the hype and began to believe, like every single pundit out there, that, that, that he would indeed solve all our problems. What are you going to say about that, Chid? You're going to comment on that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with him. Yeah. Then there is Timo. Bless him. We've seen all those YouTube videos, you know, biggest misses or worst passes, followed by five minutes of various players making a fool of themselves. Even the best players can find themselves on these videos. But it's only our own dear Timo that gets a whole video to himself. And that was up to the 2021 season. I haven't checked how many extra minutes were added on after another underwhelming season. Then there is the number of games we will feel we should have done better in. I'm not sure I quite buy into the oft-repeated narrative that we always play well against the good teams and lose against the rubbish. I think most teams would say the same. It's rare for even a top team not to fuck up against a minnow a few times a season. And everyone plays better when the opposition is better. But this season, wow. My Premier League lowlights, colon. 
going to start off with drawing against Liverpool and Anfield after being the better team and having a Reese red card stroke penalty changing the game. Four rubbish games against both the Manchester clubs. Burnley home, late concession, as will happen versus Everton, Brighton. Watford fluky win. This really should have started the, the alarm bells. West Ham disaster. Another fluky win versus Leeds at home. Terrible away draw versus Wolves. Thrashed at home by Brentford. Wow, wow, wow. In fact, other than a double over Spurs and an early win against Arsenal when they were truly shit, there was precious little to really get excited about. Then our cup runs, sorry to be a miserable git, but we will never have a season when cup draws favour us this well again. We got Spurs in the EFL semi when the only other options were Liverpool or Arsenal and Palace in the FA Cup semi when City and Liverpool were the other options and no other Premier League teams in the domestic cups. We also got Lille in the Champions League last 16 and Real was not the worst draw either. In this light, maybe our cup runs are not as good as we thought. Then, of course, there was losing our wing-backs for so much of the season. But you may have spoken about that before. So, we just did then. Funnily enough, the biggest disappointment for me, though, was Madrid away. I'd totally given up. We were so outplayed in the first half of the bridge. i come to terms with our exit. Then we put in our best performance of the season and go 3-0 up. Then Pulisic misses a big chance for 4-0. And then we blow it. That hurt. Bottom line, a steady-ish season with few highlights other than beating Spurs four times and remaining unbeaten in four games versus Liverpool. Not enough, really, eh? On the plus side, I think TT is the bollocks and he's still there and keeping us competitive. Still reading? Wow. I would quickly like to put in a goal of the season shout. Obviously, Cova will win it, but I think it should be Mason's effort versus West Ham. The latter will have been forgotten due to the disastrous last-minute West Ham fluke, but it was a goal of beauty. Covers might have been the strike of the season, but we all know it was a fluke, given that he normally couldn't hit the proverbial cow's ass with a banjo. Finally, apropos of nothing, can I just end on a controversial note? That disgraceful Qatar World Cup being played next November stroke December. I'm delighted. We need the break. We get the summer to enjoy cricket and the nice weather without having to sit inside and watch football. And best of all, we don't get to have a football season with stupid September, October, November international breaks. Just a big break for a World Cup. Works for me. Thanks for indulging me. Have a great summer break all. Tree Kenley. Tremendous email, <clears throat> Philip. I mean, your emails already are, already always are rather, particularly the ones that goad Tony, which I particularly like. Uh, but uh, moving on very quickly. <laughs> but no, I mean, the, the, he always thinks about it deeply. And I think that, in a sense, under, underpins um, the, the love that some of us have about the game and Chelsea and why we hit a note with lots of people and they hit a note with us because we all love it so much and we think about it deeply. We don't just react well we do react as part of being a supporter but we do like to think about it as well and i thought that was very well thought through email i mean he wanted to evoke some discussion i can set the ball rolling yeah i mean thank you philip actually i think i take that as high praise that it was admirable that i that i resisted the temptation to say that i always thought he was overrated um because i was i wrote an article about it and i mean this is the great thing when you write articles you commit what you think and say for posterity so you can't really go back on it and I did I was really looking forward to him coming along I interviewed people who follow Syria they all said he'd changed they all said he was a leader 
that he's matured, that he was great, he was intelligent. They all said great things, and I believed it. I really did. I mean, of course, the other thing is, it's, it's, it's what do they call it? Um, oh, bollocks, uh, some kind of uh, unconscious bias or something anyway. But confirmation bias, we all wanted to believe it because it was going to solve our problems. And so I'm not, I won't go back on it and say, oh, no, I didn't say any of that because I did. So there you go. I agree with you on Timo. I mean, Dane, Dan, uh, what do you reckon about what Philip said about? I mean, some of the lowlights I thought was interesting, actually. Do you want me to, to recap that uh, if I can find it? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, the uh, uh, the Anfield game where Reese got sent off. Burnley, late concession, the games against the Manchester clubs, fluky win against Watford, losing to West Ham there, Leeds at home getting away with it, the draw against being thrashed by Brentford. I mean, I, I, I know what I think about that, but what do you, were they low lights for you? Or, or if not, what were? You're on mute, Dan. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily low lights, it's just kind of the season. I think, I think the Liverpool one more was disappointing because we were absolutely on top when James got sent off, um, you know, Brentford was disappointing. I mean, it's difficult. I don't know. Um, we didn't lay a glove on Man City in two games, which that's the most disappointing aspect for me. You know, we did literally lay a glove on them for two games. Yeah, I thought we played well up there, actually. I thought we, we, were, we matched them. No, you don't think so? Um, no, I, think we, I think over two games, we barely laid a glove on them. You know, I think it was a lot of just contained possession. We didn't We didn't, we didn't have a go at them, I'll give you that. No. Um, United, you know, I mean, two draws against this piss poor United oh, side. Very disappointing. Very, very disappointing. Listen, Burnley, Burnley's going to happen. It's just, just what they do. Burnley, you know, you give Burnley not for any more because they're down. Uh, <laughs> Losing four two to Arsenal was a massive disappointment yeah. to me. Yeah, <clears throat> I actually blocked that out. To be fair, yeah. um, I mean, this, the four wins against Spurs is always going to be enjoyable. Um, Lukaku, you know, didn't do that interview. Then it could be a very different season. So many ifs buts in the season. Chua not got injured. Lukaku didn't do the interview. So many kind of points in the season where it could have completely tra- transformed us. You know, had he carried on. He wasn't doing too badly before the interview Lukaku. He wasn't brilliant, but he wasn't doing too badly. The interview absolutely railroaded the entire season for him. He was doing all right, so I think, until he got injured against Malmo. Yeah. I think that was... I mean, I, I know the interview may have happened by then, although it hadn't been released. Yeah, no, he, got, he got interviewed in a league match. I think he got fouled for a penalty. And they did his ankle. No, he I got think... he got injured against Malmo in the box when he went for that. He went for that. Uh, he went to try and score, and the defender basically slid in and cracked. Just... Oh, okay, yeah. it was a Stanford Bridge. Yeah, it was Malmo. Yeah. I thought it was a league game. For no, some no, reason. no, no, no. Um, and he wasn't the same after that. No, I mean team. I, I like team. I always kind of just that effort he makes. He seems like just like you want a bit going to be your mate, but he just doesn't. The Southampton game is the you know, anomaly of what he could do because that was just absolutely brilliant performance. Could have had four goals, five goals. It's just, been, it's just been a weird, weird season. No, you know, I guess the Arsenal game, yeah, that was, you know, that was disappointing, and, and not getting anything against that shittest Man United team in the last yeah. twenty-five years. Yeah, definitely agree with that. I mean, Dane, I, I would say that there's huge, and, and I, I, I'm not one that likes to make excuses readily. Jonathan always digs me out for that, I think, and, and I, I can understand why. But I do think there's been huge mitigation this season. I mean. I just think if you just remember where our heads were at in December, where we were we were drawing all of those games, but we barely had a squad to play because of the COVID. We just suffered the injuries to Chilwell. It was it was. I mean, Tuchel was doing well just to keep the ship afloat then. And the fact that I thought they would they would we we moan about drawing games now, but at the time we were amazed that we were still just you know not getting beaten. I mean, actually, in the fullness of time, it's done for us in the league, but. 
given the circumstances we were in, I don't think it was as bad as people are trying to paint it. No, no, a great email by Philip, and you do forget some of his very average performances when someone notes it down. Yeah, it's right yo-yo, isn't it? You know, uh, we we obviously certain highs in the season and certain lows, and and, and you know when it we, you know we got it all before before the sanctions, didn't we? With with we was the only one of the few teams that played didn't have a, a game called off for COVID. And you're right, you know, we're struggling to get through those games, playing every other couple of days. It was. It's a hard, hard, hard time for us. And then, obviously, what we weren't to know is then, it, obviously, with Russia and, and, and that awful decision to go into Ukraine would, would affect us and, as a club. And that, that was the thing we had to deal with. It's, it's been a strange old season. But, you know, and it, it's funny because on another day, we could be talking about we've got Liverpool's number. As Dan said, we were all over him at Anfield. We lost two cups to them on penalties. And it's such a shame that... Uh, We've got their number, but obviously not cities this season. As, as Dan said, we couldn't we, we could we couldn't get anywhere near them. But it's a yes, yeah, a strange old season, isn't it? And uh, you got, as I said earlier in the show, you know, Tuchel. So thankful we've got him. He, you know, he, he stood up front and centre and and took it on the chin when he had his own personal problems as well as his job problems. And we just hope we can something will be announced soon. We can move on to next season and 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 judge him better on his own players and his own squad. Yeah, but yeah, as I said, it's a, it's a great email from, from Philip. Right. Always high quality emails from Philip. One thing I would add, actually, and this should not be forgotten, we went into this season on on the back of being well, we were the European champions. None of us expected us to be European champions, but there we were, back at the pinnacle of European football. That feels fucking good and makes you feel very confident mm. that we're going to win everything. We all we all thought we were going to win the league this year. Let's not lie about it. We all did. Because of that, and then of course that that uh, conflates with being allowed back on mass at Stamford Bridge, where I mean I personally hadn't been since the first lockdown, so that that absolutely lifts everybody, and everybody's very buoyant about it and optimistic. So I think the trouble is when your expectations are this high up here, uh, you know reality is often going to be very very different, and that maybe f- makes you feel a weeny bit more disappointed than you would have done otherwise. But hey, what do I know? I'm just a therapist, and that's I'm sticking to therapist, Jonathan. If that's okay with you, yes, yeah, indeed. okay, just checking. Uh, yes. Anyway, look, look. By the way, I think what we should all say, shouldn't we, boys? Me and me and you, particularly JK, because I mean, I, I know, I know, I know you love, I know you love reading the emails because every time I threaten to say, oh, let's not do the emails anymore, you go, no, 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 Chidge, I love reading them out. They're great. They're great. They're great. And I often, I think, you know, it always tickles me that we've got arguably one of the best voiceover artists in the country who reads these emails out for us every week. I just sit there and say, fucking hell, we so lucked out, didn't we? But anyway, I should really say on behalf of Jonathan and myself, although he may want to add something in a minute, just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for, uh, you know, sending in so many emails every week. I'm always absolutely touched that people want to write in. It's not just that. I mean, like that email from Philip and from Chris earlier and everybody, really. I mean, you put a lot of thought into it. They're always really funny. They're always really thoughtful. They're intelligent. You've, you've all got incredibly sound views on Chelsea. And I'm just humbled by the fact that you would do it. So I wanted to say a massive, great big kiss and a thank you for sending in your emails. And of course, if you want to send in emails, keep sending them in in the summer. We'll, we'll always read them. Uh, you can send an email or Patreon if you're on Patreon, an Instagram post or tweet me or message me on Facebook. 
uh, and we will get them in the show. The email address, of course, is Chelsea at ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com. Would you do you have anything to add on that, JK? Uh, I just think they're, they're wonderful and they're great debating points as well. And uh, um, occasionally they come up with items that we haven't thought about, which I think is superb. Um, or or an, a variation on what we've thought about. And frequently you read them out and they're what we've been talking about on the show. And you think, well, yeah, we're all tuned into the same thing. So uh, keep them coming. I think they're absolutely fantastic. And, and it's a very unique thing that we're doing on a podcast is uh, is relating so much to the, uh, to the, the people listening, which yeah. I think is superb. See, that's the other interesting thing. You know, the whole media world is geared towards... I mean, and the, the beautiful thing is Jonathan, because he's much cleverer than me, suss this out by doing fan bites that are only two minutes 20. But that's what all the media is geared to. And he knows what a stubborn old wanker I am, because we've talked about this so many times over the years. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm a contrarian and a stubborn bastard, and I believe in long-form content to the day I die. So, you know, um, that's why we do two-and-a-half-hour shows. That's why we read emails out, even if it takes nearly an hour sometimes, because I like the content. But Jonathan's a genius, and he's he's got got my head switched the right way around by doing fan buys. Bless him. Um, what what? I'm restricted by Twitter. I, I know, but 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 you would do them short, I think. Anyway, actually, because it would be shorter. Yeah, 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 yeah. But hey, that's why this show's unique. We we just do what we want. That's what it's always been about. Now I've got one more question uh, from the lovely Nick Lennartson on Discord. Uh, he says, "Which exit this summer hurts the most, and which does not?" Dan. Uh, Rudiger going is the worst. Um, leaving, uh, I don't really know actually. I mean, I'll say it was Lukaku left. I would have bat an eyelid. So yeah, I say Rudiger and Lukaku. All right, wishful thinking. Like a bit of that, Dane. Yeah, same Rudiger. You know, he's he's a leader. He's a bully. It'd be so. It would have been so good in the future, especially if if we bring that Levi Cowell back. You know, someone with him and Thiago Silva there. You know, looking over him, it'd be great times. And I worry about. I'd like to get some more leaders back. I'm ashamed we didn't see him more with a captain's armband on. I know Tony Glover was always was was always massive on 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 Rudiger, even when when Frank went off him, and uh, it looked like he was going to be sold when when no one actually really seemed that bothered. Then, funnily enough, out it's gone full circle. Why will I not be bothered? That's, that's a hard one because you're always a little bit upset. I suppose I'm going to I'm going to cheat uh, and say Sal going back to Atletico Madrid. I'm not too bothered about that. And us, uh, even though I, I, he was a great player four years ago when he had like a 140 million buyout clause and he was he was starring in in Atletico Madrid's team. But yeah, I'm not too bothered about him going mm, back to. That's a really good shout, actually, Saul. Uh, J.K. Uh, exit. Um, uh, losing to Real Madrid. No, no. He, 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 means, he means players, mate. I know. I, I'm just giving a different interpretation on the word exit. Okay. Okay. That's a very actorly thing to do. Very, Sorry. very actor. Really analysing all the text. Yeah, yeah. Um, exits. Um, uh, if Alonso goes, we don't know. That would be a, um, a blow. You would be very upset, wouldn't you? I would. I would. I, I think he's um, he's been... Uh, much vilified, even my, by myself, for the odd error that he makes in inability to to concentrate and run back quick enough. But he is um, a brilliant striker of the ball, and his skill. There have been moments when he's been playing on the left hand side with Mace and with even with uh, 
with Pulisic actually just in the little those little triangles where his footballing skill is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Just passes the ball in a in a nanosecond, which is something that Alan Hudson used to be able to do, and that was considered in those days, you know, I mean, fifty years ago, just absolutely. Um, well, it, it it was it was so good it never got him selected much for England because it was so good. Um, but he was a top top player. But be able to see many players do that now in this in this era. But even um, a supposed fullback, uh, a wing back, even like um, uh, Alonso, is um, is is it, it's it's great for the eyes. I love watching that. I love watching those moments where there was actually a great series of passes took place in the in the Watford game suddenly out of nowhere which this team is very capable of doing and when it's playing very very well does it all the time did it when we won the Champions League in some of the earlier rounds where the ball would just come out from Mandi to fullback it'll be four passes the ball will go to somebody will surge forward play a crossfield ball the ball comes back ball goes down the side and then there's a shot on goal and it is absolutely joyous that kind of thing and um Alonso has been at the centre of an enormous number of those things this season. And who would um, who would you not care about if they left? Uh, Lukaku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know if he will yet. I mean, I, I, I would absolutely say Rudiger because I just think, you know, we we, we could well get better better defenders than him. Um, one hopes that we do, but. He brings something to the team that, as we've all said this evening, we just don't have enough of. And, I mean, you know, Class A shithouses are, are few and far between. And there's a lot of leadership about Rudiger that I really, really like. Uh, and uh, there's a bit of a nasty edge to him, and I like that. And, you, you, you know, it's, that's hard to find. I mean, I said I turned around to this uh, kind of new, my new best friend, Johnny, who was sitting next to me, who was, when, when, when Rudiger went off, um, and he was saying, oh, he's been great for us, mate. He's been great. Yeah, he's been a really good player for us. So I said, yeah, he was He was great, apart from when he got lamp sacked. <laughs> and then he just looked at me like, are you joking or what? And I said, no, I'm not joking, mate. It's what happened. But uh, I, I, no, I will be poorer without Rudiger. And Tuchel, he's been Tuchel's go-to man. So I'll miss. I, I, that hurts that he's going. I immediately leapt to the conclusion that I would like, I would not give a shit that Christensen's going. Um on reflection, that's probably a bit harsh because, you know, after all, he stepped in and gave a superb performance in a match that won us the Champions League. But there's something about him I've never always warmed to with Christensen. But I I, I do think Saul's a really good shout because, you know, bless his heart, he should never have been here in the first place. He's obviously going back, so we shouldn't be crying too many tears about Saul going. Um, if Alonso went, I'd be very hurt, just going back to what uh, J.K. was saying. I'm going to tell you about something about Alonso you may have forgotten. Some of you might remember this, but when we did the sleep out last year, there was a young lad who I think is disabled and who was determined to sleep in his tent. And we on the trust got together, phoned the club up, said, look, can we get a player to do a video like now to say, you, you're brilliant, thank you so much. And uh, the club usually like is like, like turning an oil tanker to get to do anything for you. I think Steve Atkins helped with this one, but Marcus Alonso put his hand up straight away and recorded a video message to this little lad, and we sent it off to him. Boom, just like that. He's a quality guy, a quality—I mean, quality footballer, arguably the best technique in the side, but I think a quality human being too. And J.K., I share your view, not not least for his beautiful hair. I will miss him tremendously. You also got personality. You were talking about Christensen. Christensen never really had a personality no. that you could. But you could be you can't warm, warm to him. You warm to absolutely right. 
other players have personalities. Alonso has personality. Um, has personalities. Yes, I, I agree completely. Righty ho. Last the dying the dying throes of the Chelsea fancast season twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. The final thing we have to do is to massively, brilliantly uh, congratulate one of my favourite people on the planet, let alone at Chelsea. The absolutely lovely, one of the finest human beings I know, Mr. Mark Worrell. He has won the Premier Predictions League, Chelsea Fancast Premier Predictions League. Bloody marvellously well he's done too. 4,080 points he's got. Uh, so he wins it. Well done, Mark. I think you're going to get a nice prize for that. Uh, Runners-up were James Carey uh, and Matthew Hutchings and Jorgen Grebstadt, who's shot into top five. don't know where he's been. He's been there or thereabouts. Uh, James and Matthew. Matthew, I think, have been lurking there about. Of course, the other big news is that Luke, who who led, he's done a Devon lock here, mate. I mean, he was leading for most of the season. Uh, and in the last month, six weeks, he's he's fallen back. And he, he was beat, he was second for a long time. But he's now finished in fifth with 3,705 points, only by a point, mind. Supreeth, who freely admitted he wasn't going to be watching the games on Sunday and couldn't give a shit as long as Leeds got relegated. Well, he was in fifth. He's now seventh. Supreet, you let us down. You know, you know why. Uh, Martin Wickham, one of us. He's number nine. He was up in fifth earlier on. He slipped down. Uh, guess who the next fancaster is on the list? It's Dane Whittle in thirtieth. There's a there's a whole mid table cabal of fancasters and associated fancasters. You've got Dane on thirtieth with three thousand and sixty four points. I'm 32nd, so I held my ground for the last few weeks. I got as high as 30, and I slipped down a bit. Um, I've got 3,036 points. Kerry will be tickled by this, because he's in 33rd, one place below me. Kerry Dixon, uh, he's the highest of the players we've got in our league. Tony Glover's in 35th, so there we go. We're all mid-table mediocrity, Dean. Dane, even. Got Dean on the brain, because I know what's coming. I've got got a respectable gentleman's 30th. I'm quite happy with that. Uh, it's a shame because I was up I was up there at one point above Martin and uh, when he overtook me and I've started to go down and he, he's gone up. But yeah, well done, Marco. Yeah. Uh, you know, but he's always been quite good at predicting things, isn't he? Brilliant. Uh, so there we go. So uh, yeah, I, do you know what? I'm happy with 32nd given I, I spent most of the first half of the season on page two, which I found highly <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, so there you go. Mark Meehan's on 41st. He didn't do it this week because uh, he was in Munich celebrating 10 years of us winning the European Cup. Pat Nevin is in 44th. Dino, Dean Mears, he's on page two. Uh, he's on 52nd. Uh, Canners is on 60, is in 60th place, but of course he, he kind of gave up and I couldn't get hold of him a few weeks ago, so he's on a lot of weeks where he hasn't picked a side. And then there's JK in 72nd, who also has not picked a side. He didn't pick a side this weekend. Did you, Jay? Did, did I forget to do that? Though? Unless you got naught points and still played. No, I, I obviously forgot. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of people who did that. You know, there's a few people at the bottom. Ty, Keith, Bobby D, JK, Emilio, Kyle and Brian basically, I think, gave up the ghost. And I can understand that. If you're like 74th, 3rd or whatever... It's a long way up to the top, and you just think, "Well, what's the fucking point?" Well, the <laughs> no, point, I, I, you I don't, you don't, you don't. I know I, you don't. I, I cared. I just missed it somehow. I know, I know. You, you do give it a whirl. Are you going to try and do better next season and not predict mad predictions? No, no. Right. <laughs> I mean, when I stopped doing mad predictions, I started to do a lot better. The trouble is, I then go the opposite. I do completely not mad predictions, but make them all draws. Yeah. Just what they'll be like, and I then don't make get any uh, points of that either. Right. Also, what, what I say on the show 
which I get right, is frequently not what I've done. Well, then the... you, why don't you pick what you say on the show? Because I do. Normally, yeah, yeah. I normally, I've, yeah. Okay, good point. Yeah, I will. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to see you do well at it because I'm. You're not an idiot, so you know, you act like it, but you're not. <laughs> there is a difference. Um, listen, you lot. I mean, um, Dan will be playing it next year. The, the order has gone out. The three line whip. You are playing this next year. Okay, I will. Right? Be, I will do it. It's great fun. I'll it do it. Really I'm going to yeah. win it. I mean, t- Dane. I, I mean, we've all. I I love doing this. It's great fun. And to have Kerry in there phoning me up every week, like getting so competitive about it, it's just hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. It's part. It's become part of my Friday night ritual. Yeah. You know, I sit down with my laptop and have a. Have a go. Yeah, no, I really enjoy it. You no, know, no matter where I finish, there's always that that oomph to try and you know test your knowledge. But it's a lot at the end of the day. But yeah, no, as I said, I, I really enjoy doing it, and and well done to everyone. It's funny because I just noticed Claire McConnell. She was giving me a dig quite early on when she was on the second page, and I was on the first. She ended up overtaking me. Then. Yeah, twenty fifth. She did well. There's some some people we lovely people that we know well. A lot of them in the Discord group. Uh, Darren, uh, Daryl, sorry, uh, finished in 12th. Joe Mingola, who won it last year, was 14th. Jeff Funderbunk, 15th. Uh, just picking out a few at random. Uh, Bert Stoltz, 20th. Loza, Loza, who is always in Mixler, he's 21st. Jason Gasworth, 23rd. Daniel Gold, 23rd. Uh, Claire, as you said, 24th. Benji's 26th. Benji Taylor. Pierre Frizzell. It's just great fun. So I just want to say thank you everybody for taking part, even if you didn't win or, or, or ended up on page two. It's the taking part that really does count. And I know some people won prizes even if they didn't win it. The final point is that in the mini league, we are the Chelsea Fancus is part of all the mini leagues that compete in this. And I, I we were leading this at one stage in the season. And it goes on the person who is fifth placed in your league. Those points go towards your position in the mini league. Sadly, we did not win. The United States of Dramerica won it. Um, they've been top dogs for the last few weeks, nay months. Uh, but we slipped down to fourth. We were second last week, so we must have had a shocker, or whoever is in fifth had a shocker. Uh, so we ended up with fourth, which is a bit disappointing. We've still got Champions League next year, though, so that's all right. But we kind of, I think we did what Chelsea did, really. We kind of gave up in the last few weeks. But there you go. Uh, we were second to BW or B Wundersliga and Scottish. There's some really mad people in there. The BBC are in there, Badgers, Nadgers, uh, Ascot. Oh, weird. BMW. I must find out who's in the BMW team, given my wife works there. Because we, <coughs> we did very well. To finish fourth out of a league of, what, 80, 93 teams in that league, and we were fourth. I think we know our football people, so well done. So there we go. As I said, well done for taking part. Uh, really appreciate it. Right. Um, that is all we've got time for this week and this season. Kind of kind of uh we definitely plan to do shows over the summer but the format will obviously change uh without any football to discuss so to speak so on fridays if it's been a newsworthy week and let's face it at chelsea it's always a newsworthy week uh we'll occasionally convene in the preview show slot uh, if i can grab jk or whoever else is available to do a show to discuss what's happened during the week if it's newsworthy uh, on mondays we're going to be carrying on our 50 years of chelsea series picking up from where we left off uh, with a look back, the next one I think is the 2000 to 2001 season. Uh, add to that a few interviews with special guests, a few my Chelsea's from some of our friends, and the odd surprise or two. Uh, you will not be without the Chelsea fancast at all this summer. Uh, and me and JK will be back with hopefully Dan, Clayton, Marco, Martin, Dane, Mark, and Adam and Dean 
for our massive Mahusiv uh, season review show next Monday, where Dean will humiliate us all uh, with our predictions from the beginning of the season. So that should be a real bag of laughs, not... No, it'd be great fun. It's always a good show, that one. So there you go. That's it. The Chelsea Fancast and Deeds Went to Mokings Meadow are available as podcasts on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, as well as many other podcast distributors. Uh, so there you go. Make sure you get it. And last, but but not, but not by no means least, a massive, massive thank you to everyone who has joined us in Mixler every Monday and Friday, listened to the podcast, watched JK's Chelsea Fan Bites, chatted with us in the Patreon uh, and Patreon and the Discord group and engage with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and come and say hello at the matches and had a beer or two with us as well. Without your fantastic support, this show just would not happen or be the same and we thank you massively for it. And I want to thank... I mean, actually, the show would be beyond shit if it was just me on my own. So the biggest thank you of all has to go to the mad buggers who turn up every bloody week and do the show with me and for which I love them like they don't believe. Uh, Dane... As always, an absolute pleasure. Thank you for the whole season, but also particularly tonight. Oh, yeah, and it's always a pleasure. You know, I can remember being in the same position, you know, last season, and you just want to thank everyone. You can't obviously remember anyone, but all the interactions, all the, the love and the DMs I've ever got on Instagram, uh, not as much on Twitter, but I'm not not that much on it, but just, just obviously being involved with you lot, you know, like the family and the team and just... <sighs> meeting you all and, and and sharing time with you you know it's an absolute honor and it, it's, it's i don't see you enough but it's it's just so nice being in people's company who just get it as well uh and yeah it, it's lovely uh yeah i really appreciate it yeah never take it for granted uh, good man great, great to see you. dan again being an absolute trooper and a rock on the fan cast all season again and i mean it shouldn't go unsaid your work on the chelsea supporters trust this year has been nothing short of superb mate and everybody's really noticed that i think and, and and you deserve all the credit you get no, i really appreciate it yeah no it's good it's, we're doing it for chelsea it's, you know this is the, you know this is the family you choose there's some you know great people some great times always enjoy the fan cost always enjoy meeting people outside in real life people come up to you and say hello just you know for all we do it just makes it all worthwhile because we make a lot of people very happy yeah absolutely grateful to be part of it yeah well said mate and well said and as for you, Mr. Kidd, as I said, I, I delight in seeing your uh, your lovely little face uh, every Monday and a Friday. Um, it's it's a joy. It brings a joy to my life, I have to say. Thank you very much, Church. Very nice for you. <laughs> Been a good season for us this year. We've done some cracking shows, mate, I think. And uh, yeah. as, I, as I said, your your fan bite has been the high high point. It's it's absolutely... It's- it's Brilliant. Downhill, downhill from now on, Chich. No, you mate, you're getting a lot of love for it, so it better continue next season. You know what you need to do? You need to bloody send me them again, and I need to put them on YouTube. We kind of got out of the habit of that, didn't we? Yeah. We need to do I'll that. Send, I need to put them in a file as well. I've just left them. Yeah, okay. Good yeah. idea. If you do that, I'll put them all up on our YouTube channel in the summer. All right, marvellous stuff. So, just a quickie, you can follow the show on all the social media channels at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chiz, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dan at DanSilv73, and Dane at DWIT9. Uh, you lot out there have been bloody marvellous all season. Without you, we'd be nothing, and I love you for it, so thank you. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Yeah, Up the Chelsea! 
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.